You're listening to a show on the Planet Film Podcast feed. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are live with our inaugural episode of Planet Hero on the channel here on the uh, feed for you guys on the Planet Film feed. Um, so without further ado, let's just go ahead and say it. My name is Sean Monk, as you know. And then Donald. I'm Donald Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. Yeah. There okay. Yeah. I'm All Donald right. Beasley. Hi. <laughs> and this is the Planet Hero Show. Let's roll it. All right. So welcome. Now we got everything in here. First off, just want to say, uh, first off in the chat, Falk Nation, welcome. Thank you for the follow on the Twitch stream. Uh, I see we have a couple people watching on Twitch and a couple people watching on YouTube. Uh, and remember, if you guys, if if you are, you know, worried about either of those two, we do also stream to my personal page on Facebook. Um, so if you don't have an account for, if you somehow don't have a YouTube account, or I know a lot of people don't have Twitch, you can do it on either YouTube or Facebook as well. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, get right into it. Let's, um, just go over basically at first what this show is going to be, what we kind of want to do with this show. Um, so first off, basically this show started as something, uh, where, you know, we had the main show and that we're doing that, you know, every single week for you guys on Tuesdays. Then we rolled out Planet Council and it, I just kind of felt like, you know, we, there was a there was a third group that we weren't really serving that much. That's that's a, a big audience out there. I know a big audience, big chunk of our main show listeners. Uh, and that's comic book news. I mean, a lot of podcasts are just comic book news in general. Um, so we definitely wanted to get a comic book news um, show going for you guys on the network. And I know, um, you know, TJ, he's a busy guy. He's he's got a lot going on. You know, I know we've talked about on the podcast that he started his new job, full time job. So it's harder for him to be on every show. But luckily, one of my other friends, Donald, was a perfect candidate because and there he is right there. Perfect candidate because uh, he's very much into comic books, all that kind of stuff. He goes deep into everything. He's a big fan of the you see the little tease of it on the screen there of what we're going to be talking about uh, later on in the show doing a deep dive into the full series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And don't worry, there will be a non-spoiler section and then a full spoiler discussion. Actually, probably most of the um, cool things that we're doing are non-spoiler because we're doing a couple Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ranking lists. Those are all just going to be non-spoiler. Um, but then we are going to have a full-on spoiler talk session of the entire show um, so tune out if you, at that point if you hadn't uh, seen the show yet or we're trying to avoid spoilers. Um, but, Donald, what do you uh, want to say? Do you want to intro yourself, give a little background on uh, yourself, your uh, love of uh, movies and, uh, and or comic book TV, comic books themselves or comic book movies? Just kind of give the load on what you're all about. Yeah, happily. Uh, first off, I want to say because I forgot to do this on the uh, the the other podcast uh, that I have, I have a YouTube channel that I want to shout out, Blood Bear One Five. Go follow me over there. Just wanted to make people aware that I do other stuff. 
Um, but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, put that in the description too. I'll put your channel in the description as well. Oh, that very tight, very tight. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of, of movies, comics, like he's already said, uh, I've ever since a young age, I've been a fan of comic books. Um, especially I had this ultimate Spider-Man comic book that, uh, ultimate Spider-Man's my favorite, favorite comic that is, if we do this a lot, which I'm assuming we will weekly, uh, you'll probably hear me talk about ultimate Spider-Man a lot because it's my favorite comic book. Um, Movies, I love movies from young age. Star Wars was like my first movie. Watched it like every day. So I love movies. I love comics. I, my my reach is far, far and wide on, on those things. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, cool, cool. So without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and get this thing going. Um, now, we obviously the goal is with this show because it's not as uh, all-encompassing as the main show we're trying to make this a shorter show i know this week's going to be kind of an exception to that because we're doing a full series recap of a show and all the news that broke in just the past couple hours which is insane um we're going to be breaking down a lot of that stuff but this is going to be a shorter show too but uh we'll see how it goes today see kind of how it flows and everything um so yeah, there's no with... way this one's gonna be short yeah exactly yeah there's a ton of stuff to cover here um literally if we had had the show at 4 p.m we would have missed half this news so <laughs> I, I it's been a crazy day um and that's just on the comic book end of things there's been other movie news too that that we're going to definitely cover on planet film um so let's go ahead and kick things off right here let me pull it up on screen for you guys boom there it is first off first news topic we have coming as an exclusive story from vanity fair that Ben Affleck will be returning as Batman in the Flash film. Um, so that is something, you know, you see it on screen there. You see that's a picture of him from uh, Justice League. Um, I mean, this is something that a lot of people, you know, they really thought was never gonna, ever going to happen. Um, <laughs> what, are your, what are your initial thoughts on this, Donald? Are you happy to see Batfleck uh, back from the dead uh, and what kind of a role do you want to see him take on in this Flash movie? Because this would be him and Michael Keaton playing the Flash or playing uh, Batman in the same movie. What do you, how do you think that's all gonna uh, unravel? Yeah. So uh, when I first like when I first heard about this, I, di I didn't actually read the article. I just saw the titles like Ben Affleck's return in the Flash movie. I don't really understand what's going on with the DC universe because they're changing Batman to Robert Pattinson. Uh, so I was like, well, now I feel like his character doesn't matter nearly as much. But now. Now that I've, well, when, when I went and read the article, then I realized, oh, it's Michael Keaton, too. So they're going to be doing probably universe jumping or, like, uh, timeline jumping or some some shenanigan with that to have them both fit in there. Maybe even Robert Pattinson will end up in there. You never know. So I'm I'm definitely more excited for it now that I've kind of thought of it in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So with that, I mean, the main thing that I see here is... This is my just, if I'm going full on like uh, speculation, what I think the actual structure of that movie will be, I think this is going to be something where we are going to start the movie with, you, you know, because um, with Justice League and even a little bit in Batman v Superman, like, well, mainly Justice League, but uh, Batman and Flash kind of had like a, 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 a pretty like strong relationship, you know what I mean? Like it was almost as if Batman was treating Barry like another Robin type, you know what I mean? Kind of taking him under his wing, um, especially with the fact that in Batman v Superman, it was uh, it was Flash who told Bruce, you know, Lois is the one, um, like that whole thing. Uh, 
so I think we're going to see their strong connection in maybe the first third of this movie. This is just pure speculation. I have no context to this. I think this is going to be Bat, Batfleck's last thing. I think he's going to maybe bite it, maybe pass away, have a big hero moment, pass away in the in early on in this Flash film. Um, and I think then it's going to be something where uh, Barry's like, well, we need Bruce. I need Bruce. And then it's going to be something of maybe he realizes that the multiverse exists because we do have to incorporate in this that this Barry knows the multiverse exists because he has met Grant Gustin. That's that happened. That's canon to this Barry Allen to Ezra Miller's Flash. Um, in fact, that's where he gets the name. The Flash is from Grant Gustin. Um, so I definitely want to say, I mean, if Grant Gustin shows up in this thing, that's all, all bets are off. Um, but yeah, just story-wise, that's what I think. I think this Batman is going to be working with Barry on something. He's going to bite it. And then I think it's, it's, oh no, we need to get Michael Keaton or we need to get Bruce in here somehow. And he goes, all right, let me go to some other parallel earth and grab a Bruce. And that's how you get Michael Keaton. I think that's I, I think that's what it's going to be, because when we heard that Michael Keaton news, that was going to be multiple films. So it almost sounded like he was going to be replacing Ben Affleck. So I, I think that's just the logical thing of how to work. What 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 um, story wise the, in the actual DCEU do you want to see happen? Do you think this is going to be a team up of two Batman or kind of a passing the torch from Batfleck even back to Keaton? Oh man, I I didn't know about the Michael Keaton multiple movie thing. I only knew about this one. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, oh god, I don't know how I feel about that just in general. It's too many Batman because we got is, is Robert Pattinson just not going to be part of the DCEU if they're adding Keaton in now? I just, I don't like it. I don't like where they're going here. But well, um, my my thing is, I think that the, I think um, what's it called? I think that this signifies that Batman is done in these movies, but that they're going to bring in Michael Keaton as just Bruce kind of Batman beyond style, like just old man in a, in a regular suit kind of Nick Fury, Nick Fury in the situation. You know what I mean? Bringing other people in. Um, so I think that's what it's going to be. I think for your Batman character, that's going to be Pattinson. I think Bruce is just going to kind of take on a whole nother meaning in the DCEU. I think that's what it's going to be. So I think it'll still be separate. Uh, once we get past this first Flash movie, do you, do you think uh, Pattinson shows up in in this one? Do you mean, get three I, Batman? I mean, that's absolutely possible. I mean, I'm going. I'm just basing like my head canon for this off of um, you know just like what I think they're gonna do as like a passing the torch, but it very much could be the other way. It could just be they're throwing everything into this movie. You know what I mean? That If that's the case, then yeah. I mean, I could see, I could absolutely see Pattinson showing up in this, and you could do, you're going to have three Batman and three Batman in one movie. Uh, I, I could absolutely see that happening, yeah. It, I just, it's going to be nuts either way. <laughs> my, my only other thought is maybe a, like a, a Flashpoint thing, maybe, where mm-hmm. they... Or it's it's Batman, but it, he's actually Thomas Wayne. But I, I'm assuming he's reprising his Bruce Wayne role. But I could I could see if yeah. they just want to go balls to the wall, just do Flashpoint now that the mm-hmm. DCEU is being shaken up. Yeah, because originally this movie was going to be Flashpoint, and originally they were going to have Jeffrey Dean Morgan come in back as Thomas Wayne. But apparently that has been scrapped, like from the um, script. 
So apparently, they're I think they're filling the void of what would have been Thomas Wayne with this. Um, yeah, exactly. We have somebody in the in the YouTube chat here saying that they did it before with a cameo in Suicide Squad. I honestly don't expect Affleck's appearance to be any more screen time in this than it was in Suicide Squad. Um, like I said, though, unless this is going to be a mega team up thing. If, if this is going to be like a big team up movie, then, yeah, I think he's going to have a much bigger part. Um, but if it's just kind of like a passing the torch thing, I think it's going to be smaller. Um, did you have any other final thoughts on this uh, topic here or if anybody else in chat wants to um, weigh in on this? I, I just want to carry on with what you were saying. I don't yeah. know. I would, I would like to hope that he has a bigger role than he did in Suicide Squad because I don't want to say it was disappointing with him in Suicide Squad. But I feel like yeah. if, if you're going to like if you're going to announce two Batman in a movie, mm -hmm. give them more than five minutes. Like, or else just don't say it and leave yeah. it as a little like, oh, oh, that's cool. I wish. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Like mm -hmm. you just go see the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think either one, um, is possible. I, I think it just depends. And I think we're, st I think a lot of people are like, why would you release this information so close to fandom? It's literally in, in 48 hours where, when all this is officially going to be announced. I think genuinely, I think it's just because fandom is going to knock us on our ass with surprises and news. I think this stuff is going to be small potatoes compared to what they're going to be announcing there. Um, so so I wouldn't be surprised if we get the announcement that Affleck's in it. And then maybe in two days from now or even like one and a half days at this point, uh, we find out exactly what type of a role and how big it's going to be. Um, but I did see somebody online uh, made a very funny joke where they were they said, uh, thank God for Anna de Armas, the at Knives Out actress, because that's who he's dating now. And like he got like all clean and like buffed up again since he started dating her. So they were like, Hollywood really needs to congratulate her for giving us a uh, bad fleck back. Because, I mean, it, at the same time, I mean, it's great that she helped him get his life on track. But I'm sure she was like, Ben, they're asking you. They're calling you. Warner Brothers is calling you every single day. Like, just just do it. You know what I mean? I, I think that would be awesome. But, yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that, see what goes on with that situation. Uh, next up here, we have uh, – this is another piece of news that just broke um, just a few hours ago. This is coming from – yeah, this broke at uh, about 2.50 um, th today. So just like five hours ago almost exactly. Uh, this is coming to us as an exclusive from Deadline, and this is that uh, Marvel's Craven the Hunter solo film at Sony uh, appears to be forming, uh, and it sets the uh, director of Netflix's Triple Frontier, uh, the one with Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac and Charlie Hunnam from a couple years back, J.C. Uh, Chandor, as the director of that. So this is coming uh, really hot off the back of um, rumors and uh, speculation, and some people even saying a little bit more than rumors that um, Craven is going to be the villain for um, Spider-Man Three in the MCU, and that they were looking for um, a Joel Kinnaman type to play Craven. Um, which, to me, I think I'll just give my thoughts on this quick first. Um, I think that Joel Kinnaman is a. I'm not a huge fan of Joel Kinnaman. It, it, it depends on what he's in. Um, like perfect example. I do not like him as Rick flag in the first suicide squad movie. Cause I really don't like that film. Um, but I am actually pretty excited to see him returning in James Gunn's suicide squad. Maybe see if he can bring more, uh, 
what do you want to call it more kind of levity to that character um and not be so over the top and brooding all the time um yeah somebody in chat says suicide squad's writing was garbage i agree with that um and uh and in terms of this director i i uh saw triple frontier once um it was fine so i i'm not really sure how i feel on this director um but the the main three things here that i want to get your thoughts on uh what are your thoughts on uh this project getting a director and uh what are your thoughts on joel kinnaman as craven and and just the fact that craven is getting seemingly the venom slash morbius treatment of uh, getting his own villain standalone uh, thing. Um. Well, first on it, getting an actor. I mean, that's good news. It means that we're we're actually going to get on a roll here because I'm always very iffy on things getting off the the floor with with Sony and Spider Man because they seem to always just drop and then pick back things up. Um. So getting getting a director possibly on board, good news. Um. And what you asked about, uh, what James James Kinnaman is it, or Joel, uh, Joel Kinnaman? Yeah, Joel, Joel. Kinnaman. Okay. I, I, I don't remember Suicide Squad enough. I don't remember that. I don't recognize the name, so I have to look up who this is real quick. To yeah. Oh, that did, guy. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, Altered Carbon? He was on that show on Netflix. I have not. Wait. I th- actually, I think I, I think I recognize this guy now. Anyway, uh, no, I'm down with it. I'm down with him being. He definitely could be Craven. He could definitely mm-hmm. do a good Craven. I, I would think just looking at him. He could get some good uh, facial hair going. Oh, definitely. That. And definitely. wear wear a nice leopard print. Um, but uh, and and then so what do you think of? Let's just talk about Craven, Craven's involvement. Uh, in general here. Oh, I'm so sorry. Somebody just followed me on Twitch, and I don't have the overlay up. Um, so I will look up who that was, and then then, yeah, I'll thank them in a second. Uh, once I get their name, but thank you for the follow. Um, so let's talk about Craven's involvement in general. So we got rumors that he is going to be the villain in Spider-Man Three. Um, so obviously that film is very much going to be set in the MCU. Um, you'd assume if they're making a Craven the Hunter movie, it would be the same actor because you have Michael again with Michael Keaton. He, you know that he's in Morbius playing Vulture again. Uh, oh, Thunderhawk. Thank you for the uh, follow. Um, that's who it was. Um, so you know that he is in Morbius playing Vulture again. Uh, so you know that these Sony villain movies are definitely cross at least crossing over with tom holland spider-man so you have to assume it would be the same actor um like let's just say it's joel kinnaman in this instance um but what are your thoughts on that getting getting introduced to craven as a villain in spider-man 3 then after that him getting his own solo movie do you think this is building up to a sinister six thing with with uh you know tom hardy's venom morbius vulture mysterio like do you think that's where we're going with this and then eventually whoever they cast is norman osborne kind of wrangling the whole team up yes that would be my hope i really want sinister six i want them so bad i love the sinister six uh my i i actually really wish this came out it was i wish it was set to come out before spider-man 3 because i think it would make a much more interesting villain to see just some sort of to get all this character development for two hours in his own movie and then he's the villain for Spider-Man, I think would be a lot more entertaining. What if you, I mean, you could just reverse it and maybe this movie comes out, but maybe it is a prequel. You know what I mean? Maybe you just make a movie like that, but it's just you're introduced to him um, in Spider-Man first. You know what I mean? Because you'd have to assume most of the, most of these Spider-Man villains, and I'm saying this is a good thing. uh, And also most of these MCU villains as well in the last couple phases, they've stopped 
the Marvel curse of just killing off every single villain at the end of every movie. Um, Mysterio aside, aside, because that guy, there's there are a bajillion ways that that guy can come back, even though he would. Well, yeah. we, we won't get into full spoilers, but there's a I, I have no doubts that Jake Gyllenhaal is not d- finished in the MCU in some form or another. Um, so I, I just think um, I, I think in my like just what I've been building in my head canon like for a long time has been um, and me and TJ even talked about it on the main show a couple weeks back is Giancarlo Esposito playing Norman Osborn because um, I think that that would be like perfect casting. Uh, it's Gus Fring from uh, Breaking Bad. Okay, yeah. thank you. I, I don't remember yeah. his name yet. Oh, actually, he would be great. Yeah, I think he would be. And and he even flat out said, because we did a um, shooting the shit a while back that was um, Giancarlo Esposito. He had just had this like interview like a month ago where he was just going off the walls. Like he was like he was like, I, I, I am like taking over Hollywood. Like he was saying it about himself. And it was just like very funny because it's like this guy who like got his big acting break when he was like 45 and now he's in everything. And it's like, that is just like such a cool story. And he literally said in that interview, he said, I think I have my eyes set on the Marvel Cinematic Universe next. Like, he literally said that. And I was like, the balls to just that. say that, like, in an interview? Like, um, and, and I just think his perfect fit would be would be as Norman Osborn. Um, so, I, yeah, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, and then we have another uh, news story here, which our next Wait, hold, one. Hold on. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I, want, I want to talk about uh, Gus Bean or Norman real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I really... So I'm, I'm torn. I'm very biased on this subject because, again, I, I love Ultimate Spider-Man, and I think uh, Green Goblin is much better in Ultimate Spider-Man than it is in regular Spider-Man, which is probably a very hot take. But I, I don't know if he would come across well as an Ultimate Green Goblin, which is really what I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm torn there, but I think he'll do, do phenomenal as Norman uh, as far as when he puts a green goblin garb on. I don't know. But yeah, next new story. Yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 I can um, I can get that because I don't know. I think it depends. Like you said, I think it depends how far they go with the Norman character. I would actually I would actually want to see um, Instead of going that route with it, I actually much prefer, and this is this is where we're going back and forth with the uh, um, with the different comic book knowledges and stuff um, of the two of us, because I actually much prefer the Norman Osborn uh, trajectory where he ends up with uh, you know being like Iron Patriot and that sort of stuff. I li- I'd like to see. Um, give me give me go real crazy. Give me President Norman Osborn before he even publicly is revealed to be a villain. You know what I mean? Like, give me the long game with Norman Osborn in the MCU. Cause they do the long game. I mean, think about Thanos. See, his first appearance was in 2012 in the post credit scene. And he appeared in five movies before Endgame. Like, the, and give me something like that. That, that would be, that would be my dream. Um, like, I do have to agree with you. I, I, I definitely would want to see if it, I, I don't want him to be Green Goblin immediately. I'm just worried about in the future him when he does eventually probably become Green Goblin because yeah. I can't see him not doing it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see him as this just billionaire bad dude doing stuff until he eventually needs to to like become a, a true cartoony villain or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's just going to be so interesting because there's so many ways to do it. You could introduce him as completely good 
and then watch him slowly fall from grace. You could introduce him at like kind of in the um, Spider-Man PS4 game where you could introduce him where he appears that he's good. But then you kind of throughout the game, you kind of realize, oh, no, he's he's already off the deep end. Like we just haven't seen it yet type thing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I again, it's speculation on speculation because, I mean, the guy hasn't even been cast in the MCU yet, but we're holding out hope because that is just that casting is perfect. Um, so next story here, which actually just came out last night, late last night. Um, this is coming from uh, well, I have the Collider article pulled up here. Let me see where the exclusive is. Uh, I don't have the exclusive pulled up. Oh, OK. Um, I think it's deadline. Yeah, so this is from coming from Deadline, same people that um, broke the Craven scoop. Um, so let me pull it up here. This is that Olivia Wilde, um, you know, obviously movie star and turned uh, producer and director, director of Booksmart this past year, which had a ton of uh, critical and uh, awards claim, um, is set to direct a new Marvel movie uh, at Sony that... They're saying may feature Spider-Woman. The initial reports were that it is Spider-Woman that she is going to be directing with Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman being the protagonist of the film. Um, at this point, I think they're kind of backtracking on that because it might not be a guarantee that that's uh, who it's going to be. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this being a Sony movie? So, so again... This is going to, what do they call it? The the Sony universe of Marvel characters. That's like what Sony's calling their little universe. Um, what are your thoughts on getting a Spider-Woman in that universe and the fact that Olivia Wilde is going to be directing it? Uh, I, so I'm not familiar with Olivia Wilde because I'm terrible with names. I probably know a million things she's done, but I can't mm -hmm. think of any of them. But You know, um, uh, you know Tron Legacy? Yeah. Yeah, she's uh what's her name in that? Oh god, her the character's name just escaped me. But she's the girl in Tron Legacy. She's in a ton of okay. other stuff too, but yeah. Is is this her directorial debut? I don't know things that she's directed is more so what I No, she I'm uh she's I think she's directed a few smaller things, but her big thing was last year she directed Booksmart, um which was okay. like a huge movie. Yeah, that that was um really really well received. Um it was one of my definitely one of my top of the year. Uh, it was really really okay. good. All right, well, uh, seeing as she has... Uh, oh, oh, she has a bunch of directorial things. Okay. I'm always worried when people like just uh, up and become directors out of nowhere. I'm just always worried that they won't turn out great. But no, she has stuff under her belt, so I'm not worried about that at all, mm -hmm. as per usual. And so Sony currently is on my good side with, with the Spider-Man movies and the Venom. I loved Venom, so I'm, they're on my good side, so I, I currently expect them not to do anything wrong. Uh, so... But there are there are worries of amazing Spider-Man issues happening again. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't have an issue with Olivia Wilde here uh, doing a possibly Spider movie. I don't want to be Spider Woman. I really don't want to be Spider Woman. Really? I would like. Yeah, if I had to pick, I'd go Silk or Spider Gwen. Yes, I no, I absolutely agree. I, I out of those choices, absolutely, I would rather go with that. Somebody actually put up. Let me let me find her. Um, so somebody actually tweeted out, um, that this actress, there we go. Sorry about that guys. Um, somebody tweeted out that the actress, the main character, Olivia Rodrigo, 
um, who is the main actress on High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney Plus, should be uh, Spider Woman. And I tweeted back at them, and I was like, I feel, I feel like because she's much younger, I was like, I feel like she would be a great fit for Silk. I was like, I, I, I would want, she looks like Silk. yeah, she's I would Silk. want, um, um a silk movie before i get a spider woman movie like i i understand that um it is something and i'll say this there are other things that the jessica drew character can represent in a film that like characters like silk can't like because she's an older like character like there there's been comics where she's like a mother it's like what what do you do when you're when you're a single mother and, and you're also uh, a private eye and you're spider woman like that's very <clears throat> that's very interesting to me to give an angle of like a working mother who is a superhero and like what, like you're on a, you're fighting crime, but you got to like call the babysitter or something. You know what I mean? Like that would be really cool to me. But my thing is that's the only really cool angle I can think of on this character. Cause otherwise it's, it's just kind of a retread of, of, um, you know, Spider-Man, like give me spider Gwen, give me, give me that, give me that full story. Give me that she is, we've gone off the deep end with multiverse when it comes to Spider-Man, even when it comes to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So tell, even though we haven't introduced a Gwen in the MCU yet, pull a Spider-Verse. Say that this is a Gwen from another reality that is coming in here and she, her Peter is dead. Uh, you know, that she's got like this trauma. She's doing that. Like, give me that story. That'd be super interesting. Or you could just give me Silk um it was straight up in the mcu because silk you could just you could just pop right in as is um but yeah either way either way i am stoked for olivia wilde to be directing a marvel movie um i think it's great what whether it's sony or mcu proper um i think it's great that uh you know both amy pascal and Kevin Feige have really been making a push to, you know, get more diversity behind the camera, um, as well as obviously working on diversity in front of the camera. Um, but I think that's really, really cool. And and it does say may feature Spider-Woman. So maybe at this point they kind of put out Spider-Woman to see, OK, who what character are people really responding to? Like if a bunch of people say, oh, I wish it was Silk, maybe it changes. You know what I mean? Um, so that would be really interesting. Do you have any final thoughts on that or anything? No, just that, um, if they were to do Silk or Spider-Gwen, I would worry it's a little too early in, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man career to then have them introduced. But mm -hmm. if they're like an alt or alternate reality or anything, that's not going to be an issue, but that's, that's my only other worry. I'm trying to think if you, if you could play around with something with the, with the blip, where like especially with Silk, because Silk being like where, where she's uh, bit by the same spider that bit Peter, like because Peter at this point age wise has been Spider Man for five years, but then you add five years on top of that from the blip, so so you could kind of mess around. I don't know how you would do it, but you could kind of mess around with that to make it that like the world has known Spider Man for ten years at this point. You know what I mean? Because because they have. Um, so that's the only thing that I could think of, uh, that could make it work there. Um, but do you just, before we go to it, do you have the next, uh, story pulled up? No, I was waiting. I, I wait until we go, go over to, to click on it. Which no, bro, just cause, uh, it's going to be the next one about the picture, oh. the logo. Okay. Yeah. Just have it pulled up. Cause this thing is incredible. And that is what I'm talking about. Let me pull it up here. Our next story is that Matt Reeves in anticipation for Saturday's, uh, DC fandom event has unveiled these 
awesome, awesome images for his upcoming film, The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, um, which is we get a look at the official film logo, which I'll pull it up big on the screen in just a moment. Um, and then we also get this amazing Jim Lee art piece uh, of Pattinson's full glory bat suit in this bright red, which looks freaking incredible. Like that, that thing looks nuts. Um, so let me just go through Let me just read off the, the full tweet here. This is from Matt Reeves. It says, excited to share the very first look at our official Batman logo and some very cool additional DC fandom artwork by the amazing Jim Lee. See more of hashtag the Batman at the DC fandom global event in the hall of heroes this Saturday, 822. So obviously that's going to be Saturday uh, in just two days from now. And here we go. I got to pull it up big for you guys on the screen. Look at that uh, logo. Look at the look at the freaking detail in that. That thing looks awesome. Uh, I throw it over to you, um, Donald. What are your thoughts on the logo here being this bright, like pulpy comic book red with the bat symbol in it? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? It gives me big Batman Beyond vibes. Yes, absolutely. These are just beautiful images. But I feel like there's not a lot to be said about them because we can't speculate highly on on images, but they are beautiful. Yeah, I think my thing is, um, I think that this is uh, very, very different from anything else we've seen. You know, we've seen back in the day Keaton with the with the kind of metallic gold logo and then that kind of carried over for all four of those movies and then you get kind of the um the just the thin almost font and that was it um for the dark knight you know what i mean and then followed by you know the bat symbol would always be there too um and then we never had any batman film logo with uh affleck because there was no batman film um other than batman v superman which again that was just font under the logo um so this being like our first actual like thick bold stylized uh logo for a batman in a while i love it like you said really really evoking the batman beyond vibes uh with with the bright red and and i just love like the scratchy uh like paint i I can't really tell exactly what that is supposed to be but i i just like the weathered look of it um because we know that Pattinson is going to be um he's a fresher Batman, you know, he's only been on the scene maybe a couple years if that. Um and and this is kind of indicative to me of a homemade Batman. It looks like a homemade th- you know what I mean like with the scratch marks and like 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 as if he doesn't have the money or the or the uh drive to repair it. You know what I mean? He probably has the money, but like it's not important to him to to make the suit look, uh, you know, as good as possible at all times. L- like, for example, Bale's Batman. You know what I mean? Like, it, the suit was always pristine and in great condition. If something would break, he would immediately repair it. Uh, this guy seems like he's got maybe like a sewing kit in his in the utility belt that he just like sews the suit back together every day. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then that in terms of the Jim Lee art like that is just that's just crazy like that the fact that that guy is can just bash out uh um this awesome artwork and also this kind of gives us our best look so far at the legs of uh pattinson's bat suit uh it looks like there's some armoring on the legs which we haven't seen before we've seen the interesting like collar and shoulder piece 
Um, but it looks like there's maybe, maybe those are pockets or maybe it's just like armor plating, but it looks like he's super armored up, um, which I think looks really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, like, uh, Donald said, there's not much that we can really pull out of this just because it is two images. But what this is telling me is that we are going to be, cause you see all the time at comic cons and stuff, um, where it's like we got something really exciting and it's like a logo and like a like and that's it like but if they're dropping the logo in a tweet it tells me they probably got something really really cool planned for um phantom which which i i hope i mean it would be amazing if they have edited together a teaser like that would be nuts if we got a batman teaser this weekend it'd be crazy um, but yeah, so do you have any other, uh, things you wanted to talk about on, uh, the Batman images before we go on to the next topic? Uh, not entirely, but, uh, off, off of what you said that, um, about like a possible teaser, I do think that we're getting a teaser, something bad, there's something huge Batman related definitely is going to happen at fandom with all like the Batman specific things they're doing yeah. like this and the flash announcement. I feel like there's mm-hmm. gonna be something really big with Batman announced. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we have the um, also it's not a main topic uh, today, but we can we just touch on it briefly here. Um, We also have um, Rocksteady and Warner Brothers games have been slowly teasing for this whole week. um, The next uh, I don't want to call it the next Arkham game because we don't know if it's going to be in the Arkham series. But the next Batman game uh, is absolutely going to be announced this Saturday. That's like almost a given at this point. Yeah. and so we're getting the game. We're getting this movie. We're getting, like you said, the Flash panel is going to be almost 90% Batman news. You know what I mean? Like at the Flash movie panel, uh, which is very interesting. Um, gosh, could you imagine if it's because they're all they're all pre-recorded on like a Zoom call. Could you imagine if they're like um, if Andy Muschietti is like is like, oh, let me bring in two of my friends. And then like Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck both hop on the Zoom call. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be nuts, man. I, I cannot wait for Saturday. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of Saturday, our next topic here is a little weirder, uh, a little weirder. It kind of kind of came out of nowhere yesterday, um, which is about DC fandom. Um, so I have that pulled up here on screen for you guys, um, which is that they are actually splitting DC fandom in two. Um, so originally... Basically, for people, we we discussed this. Uh, me and TJ did a deep dive on what to expect from Fandom uh, at the end of this uh, uh, Tuesday's episode of Planet Film. So if you guys want to go back, listen to the, about the last half hour of that show. We talked all about Fandom. Um, and we talked about on that how at Comic-Cons, at San Diego Comic-Con and even smaller ones and stuff, you have different rooms. That's how you're able to have panels going at the same time. Um, well, apparently enough of the fan base did not like that idea. Um, so basically what Warner brothers answer to, uh, was is that they are going to not have tons of important stuff going on at once. And so their answer to that was they are splitting DC fandom into two days. Um, so basically the big, huge stuff, which is basically just the movies and the video game news is still going to be this Saturday. Um, but the uh, TV stuff, all the uh, some of the smaller stuff, the comics panels, that's going to be pushed to a separate DC fandom event on Saturday, September 12th. Um, and I believe the only TV show that is staying 
on Saturday's date is the Flash TV show. Um, I think it's just because that's clearly the biggest TV show that that they that DC has. Um, so it, it makes sense. It's it that show on itself almost is is on the scale of a movie. You know what I mean? And also, there's the there's the chance that maybe they need to have it on the same day as another panel with a very similar name because they might be uh, might be some uh, co-mingling there. I don't know. Um, once again, that would be amazing if Grant uh, showed up because I, I hope. If he does, I hope that's not an announced thing. That's I, I hope they don't reveal that until the movie comes out. Yeah. The only thing that makes me think that they might is the fact that they didn't announce the Ezra Miller thing. The fact that Ezra's cameo was so secretive, I think they might be like, you loved it so much the first time, they're meeting up again. Like, that, the, the, just because of marketing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just feels like something that Warner would do, but I'm absolutely in your camp. Uh, I keep it a secret. If Grant Gustin is about to show up in the third act of this movie to throw a bolt of lightning at, at somebody or whatever the hell, um, please just save it until the end, please. Um, or until the actual film. Uh, but yeah, so what are your thoughts on DC fandom splitting up into two events? We're still getting the big chunk of news, the big important stuff. We're still getting this Saturday. It's just basically some of the smaller panels that aren't going to have as big a re reveals just kind of save for a separate day for for those fans. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a good idea. Definitely the, probably the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I, 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 would, I would have to agree. At first, I was a little like, what what are you doing? Like you're, you're we're so close to the 22nd and now you're just like splitting it in half. You know what I mean? Like what the like it, it, at first I was a little put off by it, but I'm like, you know what? I kind of get it because it's a it's a one time thing. Like, I don't know if they're going to be reposting the panels on YouTube. Um, it's a 24 hour thing. They're showing each panel three times and that's it. And that's gone. Um, so I'm not really sure uh, if if the need was there to if really there was somebody that was like, I physically like because of their work schedule or something, I can understand that being like, OK, I am not going to be home for the repeat of it. So I have to choose. Do I want to find out what's happening with Grant Gustin's flash or do I want to watch the Wonder Woman 84 panel? You know what I mean? Like that, that's a, that's kind of a shitty thing. Cause it's like, you, you can't really do anything. You're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't. So I think splitting it up is a good idea. going to get a, give each panel kind of its own breathing room. Uh, I think it's a good idea. Uh, all right. And then we have two more, uh, stories here. Pretty much two quick ones, really. Um, and the first one of which I'm pulling up on screen here is uh, we've known this for quite some time that the that the the Black Adam film from The Rock uh, has been kind of assembling uh, the JSA, the Justice Society of America, um, because you've seen, you know, that they are adding, um, you know, Black Adam. It's going to be teaming up with Adam Smasher. Um, there's been reports that Jay Garrick is going to be in this movie. Uh, and now we have reports that another Justice Society of America character and just, um, uh, Justice League character as well at some points, um, which is Hawkman is reportedly going to be, uh, played by Alexander Skarsgård for the Black Adam film. Uh, now this is just not, he hasn't signed or anything, but this is another thing that could potentially be announced at the Black Adam, uh, panel 
that's happening this Saturday at DC Fandom. Uh, so, Donna, let me just throw it over to you. What do you um, think of this casting news? <clears throat> and do you think this is something that could potentially be announced uh, on Saturday at that Black Adam uh, panel? Um, yes to both, I think. I think it's a good cast. Like, uh, the, the, the article has a good picture of him. He, he looks he looks very Hawkmanable with, with very little... Uh, issue he he's, would, would look like a very good Hawkman, and I think with it coming out right now, like uh, the rumor, I feel like they'll probably say something about it there because I bet they probably leaked it purposefully um, to get hype around it. Uh, but third point, I don't really like Hawkman, and I don't really want him in the movie. Really, very interesting. Yeah. Um, Not now, a Hawkman fan. Now, did you watch? Um... Legends. Are you a Legends fan? I, I feel like we Legends. haven't talked about. Okay, Legends I, is the second best uh, uh, Arrowverse show. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, what would you call the first? Black Lightning. Okay. See, I watched season one of Black Lightning, and then I kind of fell off. Um, but I did like it. Um, but I, I've been meaning to catch up on it. Um, but season three's for, great. For me, I would still put. Uh, well, are we talking? If we're talking still on the air, I would say. Uh, Legends would be number one for me, and then Flash second. Uh, I just think Arrow is always going to be the my, number one for me, but it that's off the air at this point. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Legends, I, I love that. What did you think of season one of Legends? Obviously, it was entirely about, uh, you know, Vandal Savage and Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Did you like the character in that show, or, or were you uh, still not, not really? On? I much preferred Hawkgirl. Like, I like Hawkgirl, Hawkman. I mean, they're the same thing. I like her character more in most yeah. cases. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I, I can see that. Uh, it, it is one of those things where I, I'm i not really sure. I, I feel like if you're getting somebody as big name as Alexander Skarsgård for it, I feel like um, it's going to be a uh, bigger role, I, I, especially with, you know, not really a spoiler because it's just, it's just what the character is. Uh, you know, Hawkman is in a immortal person where you could have because there's been speculation obviously because they're building the the justice society that this movie is going to take place you know a long time ago not sure how long ago um but it is something where you could you could bring back alexander skarsgård in a modern day movie and just have him be hawkman and no questions asked because that's just what the character is that he he lives for eternity basically um same with hawk girl uh but yeah i, I am personally excited i'm excited for um somebody of the acting caliber of Alexander Skarsgård playing a character in this Black Adam movie, because I think that's really going to build up to it. Um, what I personally want to see, just to just to throw um, some Black Adam speculation in this, uh, you know in the Shazam movie that uh, the wizard tells Billy, you know, that, that one person before, we thought we had our champion before, but he betrayed and, you know, failed us, that whole type of thing. I want to see this movie be the JSA recruits Black Adam thinking like, oh, we got this awesome new superpower on the team. And then he betrays the team and then they they fight at the end that it's Black Adam versus the JSA that because like that would be incredible to me because otherwise it doesn't really make sense. Why are they building the JSA in a Black Adam movie? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just yeah. think that would be awesome that if like the whole movie starts and he kind of like almost like the boys, like with the seven, like where there's like bad kind of bad people on that team, like 
maybe the JSA is like recruiting this guy thinking that he like, oh, he's this new superpower that we're going to have, like no villains going to be in our way. And then they realize, oh, we kind of accidentally recruited a supervillain <laughs> like that. That would be <laughs> that would be awesome. That's an um, oopsie. Exact. Yeah. Hit him with the uh, with the okie doke. Um, I, I I just I'm just excited for the Black Adam movie for obviously for years people didn't think the black adam movie was even happening and then all of a sudden like these past couple months like it seems the momentum on it is just like out of control and that it's going to be coming sooner rather than later um so yeah, i've been excited for black adam for a long time yeah i've been because i think the rock has been attached for something like, like 2012 or years. something or, or, yeah even more than that yeah, i think it was i or, i mean even more than five years yeah i think it was like six or seven years ago that, that he was first attached to it way before Zachary Levi was even in the ballpark of getting cast as Shazam, like way before that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be interested to see it. Um, I'm not a humongous, crazy Hawkman fan. I'd like the character. Um, I just think it's, it's cool if he's another kind of piece of, if they really are building the JSA in, in, uh, black Adam. I just think that'd be really cool. Um, and then our last story here is kind of a sad one here. Um, so that is, uh, let me pull it up here. That is that it seemingly hasn't been confirmed yet, but it seemingly is going to be the end of the DC Universe streaming service. Um, so this was the streaming service that gave us Doom Patrol, the Harley Quinn animated show. Uh, Titans was obviously the big flagship show when that uh, service first launched. It was basically... Um, pitched as this is if you are a DC fan this is going to be all the movies all the comics all the shows everything in one place and then almost from the beginning oh and also I should say you know shows like Swamp Thing as well were on there um, and then that's where Stargirl first uh, aired as well now it's on the CW um, almost immediately it kind of wasn't living up to that pitch because uh, there was very very limited selection of movies um they had some good tv shows on there but it was not all of them like it was said uh and even the comics which was like their biggest thing that they had going for them um it had a lot of them but it lacked big huge events um like it, it like you could read all of crisis on there but like um like Batman, like Long Halloween wasn't on there. Year One wasn't on there. Like this is, and I'm just talking about at launch. I'm not sure what went on and came off over the past like two or three years that this thing has been around. Um, but basically, almost for an entire year now, really ever since the cancellation of Swamp Thing, uh, this thing has been petering out. Like like everything's been leaving it. Uh, they moved Stargirl to CW. They even moved Swamp Thing to CW. They're airing it. I think the first episode of Swamp Thing aired uh, last night, I think, on Wednesday. Um, so it'd be interesting. I loved Swamp Thing. I thought it was amazing. It, it, it makes sense now that it got canceled after one season because they, they don't know what they're doing with this streaming service, which now has ended. Um, so I'd love to see Swamp Thing get resurrected on either HBO Max or CW, same way that Stargirl did, because Stargirl, they just moved it to CW, same kind of way they did uh, with Supergirl back in the day. Um, but yeah, so the story here is that is that all of the shows, Titans, Doom Patrol, every show that's still running right now, including uh, you know Harley Quinn animated, um, they're all moving from DC Universe to HBO Max. They're all being rebranded as HBO Max Originals, um it it's 
it's got to be the end, right? What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I mean, there's there's going to be nothing left for this service to exist. So why even have it unless you strip it down to just comics and you make That's it? What I was gonna say. Yeah. And you make it like one ninety nine a month or so, like some, something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, kind of like the way they have Marvel Unlimited. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on this? Uh, do you think it's the, the end of it or do you think it's going to live on in some other way? I, th- I think it'll probably live on as a comic book only thing. Or or maybe they'll keep. I don't know what I mean. They're, they're losing. What are they? They're losing everything really. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing really for them to still keep on there. So yeah, just comics is really all I would say that they would be on there at this point if they keep it going, which isn't bad. I have, I have uh, Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it do a similar thing very easily. Yeah, yeah, I have Marvel Unlimited as well. I think it's very um, it's a very good idea to have to have DC do their own thing. Um, also because there's been massive layoffs at DC Comics, uh, the DC, and I'm not saying that that's like, I don't know if it's due to the economy or what, but that was a that was an ordered layoff by <laughs> Warner that they they got rid of like I think it was even thousands of employees. Like they got rid of like two thousand employees on the DC Comics end of things a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they bro- and DC Comics broke their their deal with Diamond Distributors. Uh, there's there's something weird going on with DC Comics. Um, maybe they're making a play to go all digital. Maybe that's what what these three separate things are are aligning to become that they're that DC Comics is going to be the first of the big uh, comics houses to go all digital. Because, um, I mean, that's that's unfortunately, you know, I've worked in a comic book shop. Unfortunately, uh, that comic book shop closed while I worked there. Um Unfortunately, that's the direction that this is going is is comics are going to an online medium. Uh, I mean, most people that go into comic book shops, they're they're there for magic cards and Funko Pops. They're not even there for the for the comic books anymore because it's just so much easier to get them online. Um, For me, what I want to see, I would love to see that happen. If it's if it's going, it saddens me that it's going that it would be going all digital. But um it would sadden the, the, me even more if they just stopped making comics. There, there is nothing like the feeling of a good comic book. I, like I still get, I still get yeah. comics. I mean, I'm, I haven't picked them up in a while. I have like a massive backlog that I owe probably two hundred dollars to the comic book shop to finally grab or whatever. But like, man, I, I love, I love flipping through a comic book. It's amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, but I understand that that a lot of people don't feel that way anymore. Um, like I totally get that. I get that that's the direction that the industry is going. Um, I just, I just, like I said, I really hope that they can keep the job losses to a minimum and keep the output of comics to a maximum, even if that means it has to go on all digital. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what goes on with that. Um, yeah. So with that, uh, I think that'll, that'll do it for our news topics today. Um, well, so real, uh, real quick, wasn't there a report yeah. like probably last year i don't remember what it was exactly but i remember there being a report that dc might just stop making comics in general like yeah that's that's been a report that's why it's like worrying me yeah um no that has definitely been a report um over the past couple of uh months even i think but yeah i think the first we heard of that was last year um but yeah so with that uh we're just going to take a quick break here and then we will be right back in just a moment to get into our agents of shield deep dive so we will be right back folks
All right, and welcome back, everybody. Um, so now we are in the second half of the show here. We are going to be diving deep into the well, no pun intended for uh, season one uh, enjoyers. Uh, we're going to be diving deep in. That was a deep cut for Agents of Shield. We're going to be diving oh, deep no. into the well of uh, Agents of Shield here. Uh, we are going to be telling you, you know, why should you watch the show? There's an Agents of Shield. I feel like got a real bad rap in the early seasons of uh, being just kind of samey you know network television but it really grew into its own so we're going to be going ahead and, and kind of recommending the show to you then we're going to be doing um two kind of fun things we're going to be giving our top 10 agents of shield characters um and then we're going to be going over uh for those who haven't seen the show the show is is really really uh split up into different arcs or pods as they call them um which is basically just like groups of episodes uh, that are that like are through together. Like there was a Ghost Rider arc, you know that kind of thing. Um, and then after that, we're gonna kind of close out the show for you guys who haven't seen the show yet or don't want to be spoiled by it. Uh, and then we're just gonna go into our full series uh, spoiler talk. Let's bring up anything that we want to kind of talk about. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, Donald, why don't you go ahead and uh, start off? Just, you know, why do you think, for the people out there who have heard that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, isn't that good or that or that it didn't have a great start, why should people out there give it a second chance um, and give it a watch once it hits Disney Plus later this month? Uh, well, I, th I think the best thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that it hits so many different genres, especially in this last season, but I'm not going to get too much into it, but they just, like, they hit so many different genres in so many different ways while also, like, combining them all so well. Like, it, it's a, it's based on a superhero universe, so obviously it's got, like, your superhero aspect in there, but it's an, a, a spy agency, really. So you got those two different genres mashing together, and you have to figure out how, they had to figure out how kind of those work together, and they, it flows together way better than one would expect, ex except for in the first season. Uh, I, I just think it hits, it hits other genres, like the, obviously sci-fi, because superheroes in themselves are sci-fi, but different areas of sci-fi, they, they have a lot of just nerdy things in there that I think anyone who's a fan of superheroes would love. I know I know the first season is, is a rough watch, because I still don't like it uh, to this day, but um, if you can get past the first season, two through seven, great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I 100% would agree with that. Um, I think, uh, just one second here. I, I think that uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a show that deserves a bigger audience than it even has had in its run. I, I, I think genuinely, for the people who tune... Who hello, can't talk. For the people who tuned in after the first Avengers movie being like, oh, wow, they're giving Coulson you know, his own show? Let's see what this is about. And then we're kind of like... What is this? This I'm where I'm talking. This uh, I don't know who this lady is that Phil knows from his past. Who who's this hacker girl? I don't like. I don't know what's going on. What is this? A CW guy with his haircut and his abs and whatever. Um, <laughs> like who are these? Who are these British kids? Um, like I, I get that because that's kind of how I was. I was like I was like what is this? I was like this is in the MCU. I was like I mean I don't even can't even remember if the MCU was a term back then when it started, but. Um, I was like, this is set like in the same universe as Iron Man. Like this, like this is like cheap television nonsense. Um, I think to me, I think the biggest thing that hampered season one of Agents of Shield was Winter Soldier. Was because what happens yes. in that movie 
completely derails the entire show. And so I think they've, they've talked about this. What their plan originally was for season one had to be thrown out the window. Um, so I think they were just kind of treading water for like the first half of season one until what happens. And I don't know why I'm acting like it's a spoiler. Uh, Hydra is, is inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, that, that's if you're worried about a spoiler f for uh, a movie that came out uh, 16 movies ago and seven years ago. Probably isn't the show for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hydra is a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., spoiler alert. Um, I, I just think um, it really hampered and kind of watered down the first half of the season. Like, I remember um, a big thing that was, was kind of the coolest part of the first uh, half of season one was the, the cleanup from Thor the Dark World. If you've seen Thor the Dark World, when Malekith's ship basically just slices through London. Uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. team is the one who goes in and has to clean up after it, basically. Um, and I feel like people thought, oh, is this what this show is going to be? Like, something crazy is going to happen in the movies, and then, like, here come Coulson and his merry men to clean it up and get everything back to normal and, and uh, men in black people's memories away or whatever the hell. Um, and I think as soon as that that switch gets flipped from what happens in winter soldier. I think that it just goes, it goes crazy after that. Um, I just think it goes, it just, the quality just goes up and up and up and up and up. I think there's a little bit of like a slump again in like season four, but then from there on, I mean, I, I think it just builds and builds and builds to, to just a fantastic conclusion um, and, and I honestly, I, at this point, I never thought I would say it about this show, but I, especially after this last season, I put it right up there with, uh, with like things on the level of arrow. I even put it up there this, this, uh, last season, honestly, I put that on the level of like, uh, like, uh, umbrella Academy type thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I would put it on that level. Um, I think the show extremely, extremely came into its own, especially in the later seasons. Um, yeah, that, that that would be why I would say to watch uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I, I just think that it's a show that just builds on itself and builds on itself over and over again and, and just keeps getting better. And, like, they take some missteps and then they kind of come back in line. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think we'll talk about that. When we rank the arcs, we'll probably throw in maybe, um, like, if we didn't like one or something uh like we could talk about that or we could just talk about um what we didn't like i guess uh, um but uh with that yeah that's what i would say for why you should watch it um and now that it's coming now that the full show is done and it's the whole thing's getting added to disney plus this summer um there's no better time to watch it because it'll all be in one place so you could just sit and watch the whole thing through um so yeah with that let's go ahead and uh get on to the ranking of our top 10 ages of shield characters so the way that we are going to do this is we are going to go through and um do one a piece here so um i think it's i'll go off with my number 10 then donald will give his number 10 now if donald uh if anybody out there listening has listened to the top 10 show it's going to be kind of like their punting system uh where if donald has somebody that's my 10 but it's donald's like four He'll say, let's save it, and then we'll go to it when it's at his four, because we'll talk about it on the person who has it higher uh, on their list. 
So uh, without further ado, I'll go ahead and uh, launch right off here. Um, I I'll say first too, though, for me at least, this list was was very quick to throw together. Did you find that as well? Yes, there there were maybe like four other characters that were left off the list. Yeah, I, there, there were there were less characters that were memorable than I thought. Yeah, I would be like uh, I, I I think I can safely say we're not going to be having like any uh, Victoria Hand on on this list or uh, or John Garrett. Um, but well, maybe we'll see. Um, so I'll go ahead and say my number ten. My number ten um, character is a not a new character, but a new addition to Agents of Shield. Which I will say my number ten is. Uh, Daniel Sousa. That is my number 10. Do you have him on your list? No, he wasn't on the list. All right, well, I'll just go through. I'll just say real quick. I think um, I loved him, obviously, in Agent Carter, um, which is obviously where, where he came from. Um, he was a great supporting character on Agent Carter. It was something where when Endgame came out, uh, a very uh, particular group of people immediately went uh what about susa peggy what, what are you doing hello um because a lot of people thought that that show ended with just the two of them getting together and and she and he was the husband that peggy talked about and winter soldier and stuff um but this show offered an opportunity to kind of bring him back and kind of give uh, a redemption and um what do you want to call it? Uh, justice to that character and also wrapped up his character with a nice, you know, bow on that story. Um, and so, like I said, our new addition to the show in the last season, but um, a very, very good one. He I, I almost didn't put him on the list because he's from a different show, but I just think his impact and his use uh, in this show w was was worthy to make the list. So who would you got at uh, number 10? So I do I do want to say about Sousa he would have he was very close to making it on the list because I mm -hmm. loved him in, in Agent Carter but I didn't feel like he wasn't in Shield long enough to yeah. give him a spot in there. However, this this person I have at number ten also was not there very long and that is Nathaniel Malik. Nathaniel, did he make your list? Oh, okay, no, yeah, he no, did I, not. <laughs> I got some Nathaniel Malik level people on this list that I just loved. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't I don't know how much I can really say about him that doesn't without spoiling things, but um. Mm -hmm. At least in the, his most recent outing, I'll say that his most recent outing uh, really showed him in a very good light. He was just a great on-screen presence. He was a very ominous um, uh, antagonist, uh, and it's just oh, I just I honestly kind of wanted him to win because he was so like he was so charismatic in like a weird way, like a yeah. cult leader kind of way that it was just really uh, mesmerizing to watch him on the screen. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I will say um, I don't think I wouldn't put uh, Nathaniel Malik anywhere near this list. That would just be mine. Um, <laughs> but I will say out of all of the, um, how do you want to call them? Out of all of the, like, like so-so villains on the show, you know what I mean? Like, because this show has some like real big like bads and stuff and then there are like the nathaniel malix and like um like john garrett and that type of stuff um he he is up there he's up there with like john garrett for me which i i think i mean as big of a character i'm saying john garrett season one not yeah yeah um yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, I, I mean, just wouldn't make my list, but but I totally understand and I get I get it. Um, so my number nine here, I think this is going to be uh, our first. Uh, you have this person higher, if I just had to guess. Um, this is somebody who joined the show in the second half of the uh, series, but has been a welcome presence uh, in the last few seasons. And that person is uh, Enoch. He's he's much higher on my list. Much higher. Okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, he's like six. Okay, we can t- we can talk, we can talk about, about him now if you, if you want. Yeah, yeah, because it's in the bottom half still. Yeah. All right. So Enoch for me, I absolutely hated putting him this low. Um, I think it's just because like he's just one above Sousa for me because I feel like he 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 became like the especially in the last season and especially in the last um you know couple episodes he became like the glue of the team you know what i mean like he was the one that yes. like everyone could count on and rely on and everything um and especially for being uh which not really a spoiler it's just who the character is like being a robot like it it's it was it was something that you know it was interesting to have that and it wasn't just like what is emotion like it wasn't like something yeah. like data ask from star trek that like got boring it was like he had a real arc and he had real moments really really great moments um and i just thought i just thought it was just a a really really great character and then his role right up to the end uh of the show it was just one of the most impactful characters on the overall story. Um, that's what I'll say. I mean, it, it, what, do you, what would you say for Enoch having him at number six? Yeah. Uh, everything you said, it's just, he was, he was just so entertaining again, again, like, you no, know, like Nathaniel Malik. I could not look away in any scene that Enoch was in. He just stole, stole every scene for me, honestly, with those, um, his, his very dry, not even humor just because he is like a, he is a robot. So he's very dry and everything he says, but it came off so well. And just like the whole um, dichotomy of him and him and Fitz, their, their friendship. Oh, just, I loved them on screen together. And I wish there was more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I absolutely agree. Especially his, um, especially like you said, his uh, relationship and his chemistry with Fitz. Um, just really, really good. Uh, I threw a picture of him up on screen for the people who don't uh, know him. Um, but for me, I will also throw up a picture on screen here. Uh, and that person who is my number... Let me get a good picture. There we go. Who is my number eight on the list. Joined the show uh, pretty early on, relatively early on. Uh, and just I, really... I didn't do my number nine yet. Oh, crap. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're number you, nine. You're number nine. You yeah. probably have it much higher. Ghost Rider. Not on this list. Not on the list, yo. This is gonna be a not on this, this list. list. Not on this list. You don't have Ghost Rider on the list. That's crazy, crazy. Yeah, not <laughs> on this list. Maybe I was just thinking about this in a different light than you were. I don't know, but um, you know, Robbie no, no, Ray. No, it's good. Yeah. I'll tell if, if was, there were, if it was a top, uh, honestly, if it was a top twelve, Ghost Rider would have been on there. No, um, just I, I don't know. He wasn't there long enough to say a lot about. I have a lot of people that weren't on the show super long, but left a lot of an impact with me personally. Uh, yeah. Which Robbie Reyes is one of those people. I think uh, is it season four? He he shows up. 
Yes, the first part. Yes. It, he's like the first yes. pod in season four. Yeah, I, I hate that pod term. I hate yeah. it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he, he's in the, the first pod of season four. But I think he's in... Anyway, he, he's... That's his big arc, is the first pod of season four. Yeah, yeah. And it's... um spoiler spoiler for the arcs list it's gonna be it's gonna be in there we're gonna talk about that uh more there but i just i love ghost rider i love i mean, well, i like the the movies are fine if it wasn't nicholas cage i would probably like them more yeah. um but i just the ghost rider is an awesome character and i was so glad to see that he um was on tv and he was getting probably the best performance he's gotten in anything oh um, absolutely yeah i 100 percent agree I, I was so excited to watch the Ghost Rider show, and then it got canceled, and I was so sad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch more Robbie Ray's for multiple seasons where he was the main character. He's just, he's, for people who have seen like the Nicolas Cage movies, it's, you know, it's still Ghost Rider, but it's a different take on him because it's like a, the spirit of vengeance gets passed down from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not good at articulating my love of these characters because there's just so, so much mm-hmm. in my head about them at all times, but. Just like his his family life is is very intriguing, and like his whole backstory yeah. is very very well developed for the short time he gets on screen, mm-hmm. um, and just the impact he has on the show is huge. That's just great. Yeah. Loved him on And I will say, I genuinely think um, in turn because what Donald is talking about is is he was going to have a Hulu show, um, which was going to be his own you know Ghostwriter show. I genuinely think that all of those Hulu things. Um, just like we were talking about on the DC side of things, getting moved over to either HBO Max or CW, I, I 100% believe that those canceled Hulu projects, including Runaways, including Go- or, uh, Ghost, including um, Cloak and Dagger, I, I really, really think, I think maybe Cloak and Dagger would probably just be folded into Runaways, but I, I genuinely think that those are going to find new life either on ABC or on Disney+, Plus because it was kind of... Kevin Feige finally got Marvel TV back under his umbrella. I think it was just he had to purge everything that was going on to kind of start again. Um, and I think he's going to probably bring stuff like that back. I I, I could almost guarantee you, I don't think um, that that'll be the last time you see Gabriel Luna as Ghost Rider. I, I genuinely don't. I, I disagree with you. I don't think we're seeing him again. And it really? pains me to say it. Yeah. I don't think the Hulu shows are coming back. I don't. I don't think any of the shows are coming back around it. I mean, if anything, they might do a movie on them, but I don't think they're coming back as much as I wish they would. If we, if if I could get another season of Runaways and a Ghost Rider show, I would be ecstatic because those are probably my two favorite shows of the the, the bunch. But wow, yeah, I I just okay, yeah, that's interesting. I I really think that they that they will in some way come back, um, but we'll see, we'll see um because you know there's been a lot of talk where kevin feige just like doesn't really care about the tv shows but it's never been really confirmed um i think it's just that mainly he didn't care about the people running the tv shows i think that's probably more what it was um but uh let us go on to my number eight right yeah okay yeah yeah um so like i was saying before this is somebody who uh came onto the show i think in season three um, I think season three, and that person is uh, Yo-Yo. I put Yo-Yo at number eight on my list. Uh, at first, I very much did not care for her character. 
um, when it when they were kind of putting together like the little superhero squad of uh, like her and a couple of the others. Um, and then I think I think really the character kind of built a lot when they did that Marvel one shot uh, slingshot just about like her. Um, and I think it was like her and I think Coulson was in that, too. Um, I think the character got a, a big a big boost of energy from there. Um, and I think ever since then, I think she finally kind of settled into the show in like season five, like with the, um, I think it was season five. I think the, um, the future one lost in space. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think she really came into her own with that, with having to face some of the difficulties and issues that she had in the lighthouse, um, especially with like her powers, like her powers kind of getting the team into trouble. Um, I, I think she had a lot of space to grow. And then again, it's an, it, she's another one that just it, it, seemingly every single character in the, in season seven got their due. Like she just, she really, really um, came into her own in season seven, you know, getting over some of her handicaps, um, you know, getting, getting, uh, her relationship with, uh, I, I won't spoil who it's with just cause I feel like we might talk about it if we talk about the other person, I don't know. Um, but, uh, getting that, you know, under control, um, cause that was a big sticking point with both of them throughout the series. Um, yeah, I just think number eight would be Yo-Yo for me. Do you have her on her list? I forgot. I didn't even ask. No, she, she didn't make it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I understand that. Like, I know, for instance, like my mom. Like, I don't. She doesn't really care for her, or didn't. Really oh, care. I love I Yo-Yo. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't uh, asked my mom since we watched the finale if if it's if her opinions changed on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely know that some people just don't care for her. But yeah, like you said though, even like even people that like care for her, like it's top ten. It's it, it got to make cuts somewhere. So I totally understand that. Um, so who are you gonna go with for your? Uh, number eight on your list. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this has to be on your list. Ward. Um, is that is that Grant Ward? Yeah, Grant. From, Ward. Is there more than one Ward? No, that was a joke. Um, okay. <laughs> we will talk about him uh, later. Okay. 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 Um, so then we would go to your seven. My seven. Okay. So my seven is dun, da, da, da. that would have been that would have been time better if i pulled up a picture of him faster dun, da, da, da. there he is deekshaw ladies and gentlemen deekshaw is my number seven. Oh, you guys can't you guys couldn't see donald's face just then but he just made a real uh real <laughs> uh interesting face um so i'll just i'll get his opinion on i'm assuming why he's not on your list oh no he's number five Oh, oh, okay. I thought that was I a love face. Deke. No, I, I love Deke. A, I genuinely, it looked, I know I had a, I had a picture of Deke pulled up so you guys couldn't see Donald, but I genuinely thought that was a look of like, like, ooh, he's on there. Um, no, yeah. I will, well, I'll, I'll let you go first since he's my 70s, you're five. So go first with, uh, with why he's your five. I, I, it's, it's probably a whole lot of bias in with it. I, I, I see a lot of myself in Deke, honestly. Uh, he's mm-hmm. probably one of the characters I can like, um, I can't think of the word. I, I uh, relate, relate to the most. Yeah, relate to. Um, he, I don't know. He's just he's a he's like the everyman, it, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. not so much in later seasons with his just a big big brain power, uh, but he's very much the everyman character with everyone else around. So he's very very easily likable, 
and I'm a little upset about things that happen in, in season seven because there's there's a, I, I ship I ship a couple that I'm mad oh, do, yeah, doesn't yeah. get together. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, that's Zima. Zima's all I can say. Zima, man, that's all I can say. Well, the fact for me, the fact that uh, yeah, we got somebody in chat saying love Deke. Uh, for me, I always, me and my mom always joke because we, for those who don't know, we've talked about on Planet Film before, you know, we, we, uh, live, me, TJ and Donald too, uh, you know, we live up in Western New York. I specifically live, um, off of, uh, I live in, uh, a town which is off of, uh, Lake, uh, Ontario, which is, uh, almost entirely the, what the fictional town of, uh, which I can't even remember the name of. Uh, where the lighthouse is located is based in because it is a fictional town uh, in upstate New York off of Lake Ontario. Uh, so the Zima with that whole town was very like that was where like we first like I that's it was like a big instant. Uh, what do you want to call it? Like um, a, a, an understanding and a respect for Deke when he was because Deke comes from a different place uh, and was kind of experiencing a lot of stuff for the first time there, uh, which I, I just that whole that whole arc with him where he first comes to, uh, you know, the lighthouse. The lighthouse? Yeah, like the, the the actual lighthouse, the full lighthouse um, the first time. And he's doing the Zima and he's like walking around and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. That really just like endeared me to this character. And it, and it only built from there. And I, I absolutely agree with you. Um I wasn't as mad about it come the the finale. Um, but when it first, when the ship first uh, sank, if you will, I was very upset. I was like, you can't, you can't do that. I was like, oh my God, it was, it was, it, I was livid. Um, but yeah, Deke, uh, amazing, amazing character. Really good. And also a very late addition. You know, he, I think he joined in season five, right? Yeah, he joined right after he knocked. Yeah, exa- yeah, yeah, directly after the after the diner thing, because, yeah, um, yep. really, really great. Yeah, for only being on there for three seasons of it, um, really made a huge impression, especially he, he and another person get uh, get basically their own little solo episode in season seven. And it's one of the best episodes of season seven, hands down, um, oh, to yeah. me, at least, um, which is uh, that episode, actually, that is in my uh, on the oh, is it that one. Yeah um that's yeah great episode um so then we throw to your number seven correct because deke was your yes yes seven uh that's gonna be that's gonna be general talbot talking about talking about glenn talking yeah talking a little glenn talbot yeah good old glenn all right well i will tell you manage to make yours i will tell you we will be talking about glenn in a in a little bit here okay okay um, I'm, we'll I'm happy t- to hear that. Yeah, we will be talking about Glenn in a little bit here. Uh, every every uh, iteration of Glenn. Um, so, all right, so where does that leave us? So then it would be my six? Yeah. Okay, so my six, I don't know if you want to save this for later, um, because I, this is a kind of a cheat. Um, my number six is the, the character of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which is Fitzsimmons. Oh, yeah, we're going to wait. We're going to wait on that. Okay, okay. All right. All right, so we're waiting on that. So then what hit me with your six? What's your six? Uh, we, already, we already talked about my boy Enoch. Oh, Enoch. Okay, so then what is your four? 
You mean five, which would be deep. But yeah, uh, yeah, my my four, my four would be the next one we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, what, yeah. Is what, what what's your five and six? I don't want to skip too far ahead. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so five is we can talk about now. Five is Ward. Okay. Yeah. So five five is uh Ward. Um. So just every single iteration of this character. Um. I got. Let me just throw him up on screen for a second. He gets one of the best character arcs in the show. Yes, I would say he gets one of the... Why? There's no, like, high-quality images of Ward. Um, but I'll pull him up. But yeah, just he... Hands down, he gets... Like you said, he has maybe the most satisfying arc on the show. Um, just because from start to finish, you know, he, he is very much a part of the... Um, team in season one then he kind of for various reasons he is not a member of the team in season two uh and kind of the character takes off from there um and then season two for ward it, you know we talking we talk, joked a little bit about the well earlier there's some major stuff going on uh with ward in season two um and i think one of the best things um somebody who i don't even know if we have mentioned by name at this point except like during this list portion um, which is uh, Coulson. His relationship with uh, Coulson is like phenomenal. Everything that happens with the two of them, um, their back and forths, their uh, issues is very, very good. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll just I'll keep it short with that uh, for Ward. What do you, what do you want to say about Ward? I just uh, since we're talking about his relationship with Coulson when when they're when they're on the the planet together let's go with that when they're on the, that planet together uh that's that's a very a very good character moment for both of them um mm-hmm. but are, are you including the the back half of season three when you you're talking about ward here or would you consider that uh um different? are we talking about a um different we're talking about an arc, arc with a yeah yeah a different version yeah uh like a very different version yeah. yeah, it's a very different version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you included that uh, along with because I, I personally would. I'm including that, and I'm also including uh, framework as well. I would. Oh, I would include oh see, that. I, I wasn't including framework versions of people, and and well, I guess I kind of am of one I of my in, I would include. Things, but. Yeah, I would include the framework only because, um, it speaks to this. It's the same actor playing the same character. It's just a different iteration. Um, that's why I included okay. it because to me it's that when I think of Grant Ward or when I think of anybody that was in that arc, um, I think of that version of him because I think that okay. that is an extension of the character. You know what I mean? Like that, that's just how I thought of it. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think specifically if we're talking framework, I think Ward has the hands down best, uh, thing in the framework um i think maybe fitz is uh up there yeah, as well. yeah i think maybe fitz is up there as well um but i think other than that uh which are kind of two sides of the same coin of each other really um with their roles in the framework um i i would yeah ward is definitely up there very 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 good if if he had if he had lasted longer with the show if he had been in more throughout it i think he would have been even higher on this list um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Um, so your... Did you do your six? I think we skipped your six. No, that was, uh, Fitzsimmons. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then your four? Your four? My four? Wouldn't it be your four? Maybe. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it's your four. I feel like we've really messed up with the the jumping ahead and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, well, uh, do your okay. four first. Um, so my four would be uh, agents slash director Philip. No, just kidding. Uh, it would be uh, that would be uh, Alfonso McKenzie. Mac okay. is my okay. number four. Um, I, I is he on yours? Didn't make it. Didn't make the list. Ooh. I love Mac. I, there's so many characters I love that. But no, it's just I like, know. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's it, tough. It, it's probably because some of these characters didn't have a big show in the last season, yeah. and that's what's so fresh in my mind. So that might be why a lot of things are the way. I'll they tell are. you. I'll tell you. There, there's a big character that is not on my list at all, um, which I think I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get flack for. Um, but uh, Mac, to me, I just think um, I, it's actually funny that you say that. I think that he was one of the best parts of season seven. I thought that Mac in in season seven um, was fantastic, especially the episode with um, him and Deke. I think that yes. ep- that that one again. Um, I think that episode was fantastic. I, I really think, and also the episode immediately before that, with what happens to him in that episode, yeah. having having to do that. Even though it's not technically, but having to do that and watch yourself do that is like, oh, my God. And I believed every second of it with uh, with the actor whose name, unfortunately, slips in my mind right now. Um, let me pull up a picture of him, by the way. Uh, but what what are your um, are you didn't have him on the list? That's right. But um, yeah. he's a great family man. I'll definitely say that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Um but yeah, that that would be my uh, number four would be Mac. Let me just pull him up here. There he is. There's Mac. All right. Um. So then that brings us to your four, correct? I'm wor- Yeah, I'm worried if this is the person you don't have on your list. Is it Daisy? Is Daisy the person you don't have on there? Oh, Daisy is your number four. Yeah, she's my number four. Um. No, we will talk about her later. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, I think that brings us to my number three, correct? Yeah, yeah okay. we're at the top three now. Yeah, so that would be uh, Glenn Talbot. Mm, some good Talbot. Yeah, so let's talk about him now. Uh, got him up there on screen for everybody. Um, so I, I just think Talbot, uh, and could you remind me again, what number was he on your list? Uh, he was seven? seven? Seven. Okay, yeah, so to me, I just think he was... Um, one of the best side characters that then slowly got a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger role to basically like he has the most like crescendoing character arc where it just like he's in it very, very little. And then it just builds and snowballs and snowballs and more episodes and more screen time. And then the thing happens and he just it's it just it's just Glenn Talbot City for that season. Wait, what was that season four? That was the end of season four, right? No, that was the end of season five. Oh, that was the end of season. Oh, that's right. Because then they come back. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So just fantastic. Um, and like you said, the end of season five. So he was on it for, I think, three or four seasons. I think he started in he, season. It was two, either two or, or three. Season? He started. Yeah. I think he started in season two. Um but just all all his ups and downs and his mistrust and then his trust and his and just everything and the actor like just so so good um and then we won't talk about we won't talk about it in detail cuz it is big spoilers but 
just his end, his his end the last five or six episodes of him um are just fantastic just really really yes. great um so all right let's say uh let's throw it over to you what what are your thoughts on uh what? talbot and why you put him on oh yeah um so i the last five or six episodes are my favorite part of talbot because i've been i've been waiting since what season one to see yeah. that yeah all and even before season one just like in general i've, I've been waiting to see that that, that character on screen in forever yeah yeah because i think it's such a good character such an interesting character mm-hmm. um so hard not to spoil stuff when i want to talk about that yeah. um but you know tell tell he has the great great uh, there's really no downs in his character except for bad things that might happen to him mm-hmm. just ups just ups 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 it's just sometimes ups. he's got a some, great, great sometimes character. he cuts his hair too short that's the only downside i would say about his character sometimes it gets too short too much just on top um that's the only downside he's a military man great mustache great mustache as well wonderful mustache wonderful mustache and again you know it comes down to you know a lot of these characters we talk about because he is the main character of the show is a lot of these characters relationship with colson um is is you know the back and forth that they have and and sometimes the struggle and stuff that they have um to uh respect each other's authority i would say um is very interesting. What you have a face? What's the face? So, well, you said Coulson's the main character, and I, I feel like I have to argue that. I think Daisy's the main character. I, okay, when I said it, that, that's the only exception that I will accept. I feel like yeah. they are co-leads. I feel like it's a Ray Kylo Ren situation. Well, be- only because of season six, I would say Coulson's not the main character. Yes, that is true. But also, then season one, I feel like season one and season six are a trade-off in both directions. Yeah, fair. It's yeah, fair. Um, I, 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 gen, I feel like it is like a Ray Kylo Ren thing where it's like they're they're like co leads. You know what I mean? Like they're basically co leads of the show. She's the female lead. He's the male lead. Exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. So that'll do it for my number three, who is uh, Glenn Talbot. So we throw to your number three, right? Speaking speaking of male leads, Coulson at number three. Philip J. Coulson at number three. Philip J. Coulson, agent slash director, Philip J. Coulson. All right. We will talk about him uh, in a little bit here. Yo, you're never um, going to believe who's number one on my list. That's all I'm saying. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> um, Yo. This man's going to say Nick Fury, isn't he? Um, um, <laughs> I think on the list is a joke. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was also. Yeah, he'd be my number 11. Nick Fury for his for his three in like a half episodes of appearing on the show, if that. Um, uh, yeah, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are my one and two. Um, <laughs> all right, so my number two then is uh, Daisy Johnson. Yeah, are, we talking, Daisy. are we talking about that now or later? Well, I'm, she's my number four, if you, if you remember. Oh, 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 that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that's right. Wow, that's crazy. Daisy, I, I wouldn't that's say you would believe number one if it was Daisy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, all right, yeah, so, da- I mean, Daisy Johnson, like we said, besides Coulson, undoubtedly the main character of the show. Um, oh, should, we should mention she is known as Sky in the first two yeah. seasons. So and if anyone only saw those two, so you know who we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, uh, because she doesn't get Daisy until she meets her dad, right? Yeah, I think that's season three is when it's officially changed, maybe two and a half. Yeah. There we go. There she is. Uh, yeah, so 
Daisy uh, Johnson slash Sky the Hacker. Um, what I mean, I don't know what you could say about. I mean, we're getting into main character territory here. There's really not much you can really say. I mean, she's just the characterization of her and her arc is is just her arc is incredible. Like the 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 absolute like ascension to Coulson's like number one trusted person. I would say I would say there would be another person that he would trust more than her, but that but that other person and Coulson have a little bit of a tough time sometimes. Um Oh uh, shit. But um Yeah, um, but she—it's she, okay. You're not on screen right now, but he's having. Some okay, cool. Shoot. Mike just like ran across and screwed up everything. Oh no problem. Um, he's good, but uh, yeah, I mean, Daisy Johnson just fantastic once again. Chloe Bennett's performance incredible. Uh, the characterization fantastic. We will definitely be talking more about her uh towards the end with with uh how and where do we want to see these characters again? Um. um. But uh, let's go ahead and I'll throw it over to uh, Donald with his thoughts. What are your thoughts on uh, Daisy being number four for you? Oh. Uh, I love her. I love her so much. Uh, out of out of all the people in my top five, she's like one of two that I would like to see continue on and do other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely want to see her in some other capacity, which we'll talk about later. Absolutely. All right, so then uh, what do you still have left? I've got number two and number one. Obviously, number one's Coulson, since you said we'll talk about him later. So, all right, so go with your number two. My number two. All right, uh, Fitz. Wonderful, wonderful Fitz. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, when you had him at like yeah. seven or whatever you had him, I was six. shocked. At six. Six. Well, oh, I, have both, okay. I have the cheat because I have both of them at six. I did Fitzsimmons. So it's both of them. Oh, so I don't have Simmons on here at all. Really? Yeah, oh, just my. Fits. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I, it's, I only, it's, it's fitting. We can talk about him at the same time. So I, I only like Simmons because I love Fitz. So just Simmons couldn't make it on the list. Interesting. Um, wow, yeah. The, I think I would have said that was true until season seven. I think I would have agreed with you, but I think she proved that she can hold her own in season seven. Yes. No, that's, that's very fair. Very yeah. fair. But season, so we're going to talk about this in a second, but in the art, when we talk about our arcs in a minute, that season seven's on there, but it's lower than it should be because there was a lack of fits. Yeah. Uh, and I very much dislike that because I love fits. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Fitz is great. He's the, the smart man of the group with, with Simmons. They each have their different uh, jurisdictions of the scientific community. Mm-hmm. But the fits, I always preferred more ever since I think it's the end of season one. The thing that happens uh, that kind of gives him his own character away from Simmons. There's the stuff in season three yeah, that kind of where, helps him stand Fury on his own. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. That's yeah what you're talking about with yeah. what happens. He, he the, says, yeah. hey, it's you're the director now. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, right. He didn't say that. No, but yeah, you know, the stuff that happens at the beginning of season three, the the framework uh, character, mm-hmm. and like what and like just, what that does for him, just, just even his, in the future, uh, like in- his psyche with the framework in general. Not even yeah. just his great performance in the framework, it, but no, just about like what happens in season yeah. six and seven because of the framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, I would absolutely agree. Everything you said about Fitz, and then I would just put. Um, to me, I just I couldn't separate them. Like I just couldn't. Like That's in my fair. brain, I just I couldn't do it. Like because they're just so <clears throat> intertwined. Like it's just it's they're basically. To me, at least, they're it's like when they're first introduced. It's like they're one agent. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, it's Fitzsimmons. Uh, no, I'm Fitz the she Simmons. Yeah. Um, okay, so who? So, oh well, actually, we my, I guess. Can we do my one first? Because we'll probably say more about yours. If we're if we're jumping to the ones now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go with yours. Okay, first. that's fine. So, so I'm excited to so hear this. This. Gonna, this is gonna be a shocking pick, and there's there's a whole lot I'm gonna say about this to kind of explain why. He's number one. Uh, he, it is Lincoln. Oh. Really? Yes. But all right, it's not even. It's not even so much that Go I love the it. character of Lincoln. There's, there's, there's a I lot of backstory gonna that say, I'm going to get into. I thought you were going to say Andrew, and I was going to be like, and, "Whoa, Andrew? Who's Andrew? Yeah. Oh, Andrew? Yeah, no, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, wow. What if all I would have right. just said Billy? Billy? Yeah, that's another one too." My fa- my uh, number one is Gideon Malik. No. <laughs> uh yeah okay so so Lincoln let me let me let me explain this so this is very unrelated to Angel's Shield why I love him but I made I made this I've I, so I've I've written this this uh, own superhero story of mine that I've written over the years many years ago uh, that's what I'm gonna talk about in like twenty like twenty eleven twenty ten twenty eleven I made this character named Lincoln who is the exact same as Lincoln on screen. And the fact that like, basically this character that I'd written years before was basically on screen in the show that I watched, even though obviously they didn't, they didn't go into my Google drive and steal my character, but it's just like, they're literally the same character. And it's because of that. I I can't like not put Lincoln at number one because it feels like a creation of my own, even though it's not, I'm not taking credit for agents of shield, but I wrote a very similar if not exact character years before he was on screen, which is just mind blowing to me. So I can't not put him on here. But even even regardless, he 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 is. And in, in, uh, let me explain for the people who, who probably don't watch because he is a more minor character. He's 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 an inhuman. He has electric powers, and mm-hmm. he's just kind of a badass for the most part while he's still there. Yeah, he's he's a very fun character, even regardless of my very biased love for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, I mean, obviously he's not on my list, but I'll say, you know, for the for the time that he was on the show, I really liked the character. I think he he really uh, he was the second big ship with uh, Daisy. Uh, I think he really helped in the transition of Sky to Daisy and the transition out of, you know, Daisy's whole thing with Ward. Um, I think really I think Lincoln as a character was is a great character, but I think his more important thing was that he was a great catalyst to really bring her from that sky persona into Daisy to bring her into her own. Um, I think she wouldn't have been able to do that without Lincoln and with what Lincoln did to her or or not to her, but like for her, um, and did for the team and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, he's a great character. Um, yeah, that was joking. Now he's nowhere near the level of like Andrew. Like he's way above like that. But like, yeah, um, but he he's one that like he might not have been on there as long, but he had I think the most impact with the least amount of screen time to the to the characters on the show. Um, yeah. So then, uh, as we said, my number one, your number three. 
Uh, yeah, my number three. Obviously, it's yeah. the woman in the red dress. Obviously. No, it's actually um, it's the cellist. It's uh, <laughs> Phil's girlfriend from um, the movies. Uh, it's the cellist. Uh, no, it's actually Rosalind Pierce. Um, no, it is. It's, it's hell. Yes, it is. But but here he comes. Philip J. Coulson. He is. For me, my number one character on the show, I just think every iteration of him, uh, Sarge, bottom of the list, um, I would say every iteration um, of him on the show is just so fantastic. And, and the fact that I was really worried that the way that he is in season seven, I was worried at first that it was going to be a very like, oh, but I don't really count this. You know what I mean? But then the conversation that he has with a kid, which, by the way, we should actually talk about the one glaring omission that I thought you were going to give me hell for not including, which is May. I thought that you were going to give me crap for not having May on the list, um, but you didn't even have her either. So it's I mean, I love May. It's just it, she with these other people. I just didn't. I don't know. She, I didn't she has her. the worst character arc, I would say. She's the same character for the most part through the whole thing. But there's like a few things yeah. here and there, but she definitely has yeah. very like, little. Like for, let's, we just talk about her for a quick second, like even though she's not on, just because she is such a big part of the show. Yeah. Like, like honestly, and, like jokes aside, like her stuff with Andrew is like, like good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole Lash situation, like uh, look oh, of the, 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 look of the, the little character. Girl. Yeah, like that stuff, like in the very first like season and even the second season. That was really, really good. And her with um, Jai Ying at, like, Sanctuary, inst- or uh, not Sanctuary, what's it called? Um, uh, Afterlife. Afterlife, yeah. Sanctuary's Thanos' ship. Um, at Afterlife, and what happens with the two of them, and then when that comes back in Season 7, too, with, with May at Afterlife in Season 7, um, I think those are really great moments. But you're right, she 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 a lot happens to her. She just kind of stays the same. I think Season 7, she has the most amount of arc, um, just because something happens to her and she yeah. has a massive, massive character shift. Um, I think for the better because it makes her more, you know, human. She's, she's more personable and stuff. She, she kind of comes out of her shell more. Um, but uh, you, I don't know. You can't really talk. I mean, I don't even know what to say about Colson. It's just, he is the reason the show exists. He is. And has for good been, reason. Yeah. He has been in the MCU since day one, literally day one. Um, this show wouldn't exist without him. I, I think the partly the MCU wouldn't exist without him because it's the same thing with everything in that Iron Man movie. If there was one thing off about that movie, it wouldn't have done well. And then Paramount would have gotten all those characters back if that movie flopped. And then all of this would be nothing. Yeah. All of this would be nothing. Um, I just, he's just, uh, he's fantastic. He's Phil. I don't know what to say. His first name is agent. Uh, what what do you think? What are your thoughts on uh, on Philip J. Coulson, agent slash director Philip J. Coulson? Uh, he is amazing with all the all the different not different characters, but all the different characters he plays on the show, like all the different all the different iterations yeah. of him. Yeah, all the different iterations of yeah. of Coulson on the show are just mm, mwah, chef's gifts. If I was if this was a food. Yes, absolutely. Um, honestly, I think that I, for me, at least, I think that's all I'm going to say about him for now, just because we are, I yeah. think, going to about to talk about him quite a bit. 
Um, so with these, we're not going to go into a full uh, thing. I think we're just going to read off the lists that we have um, because then the section after that is where we're just going to be talking about the whole show so we can just talk in more yeah. depth, whatever we want to. Um, and uh, yeah, so why don't you go you just do your um top five so these are going to be our top five arcs of the show which we've talked about you know you've heard us talk about so far that the show's really kind of segmented into different arcs or pods or whatever you want to call them um do you so, want me to just run give me to run down just my whole five or go back and forth again no just run down your whole five um do you know five to one um okay. and then we can go from there yeah all right um so I'll, I'll also try and mention which pods they are if i can remember uh, so at number five, I have the Hive Pod, which I think is the back half of season three. Uh, number yeah. four is all of season seven because it's really it's all own pod. Is that the one that you were talking about that was basically all one season? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then Agents of Hydra, which is back half of season four, I think. Um, yeah. Yep. Ghost Ghost Rider being the first half of season four at number two, and Lost in Space being the first half of season five. Wow. Okay, so I will say this. We have almost identical lists in the complete wrong order. <laughs> I'll say that. Okay. Um, there is one on here that you don't have, though, um, which is uh, five for me is the uh, uh, Graviton arc. That was number six. I okay, did list yeah. them all. That was number six. Yeah, so five for me is that. Um, four for me is uh season seven uh which pained me but just if we're talking if we're talking arcs i think season seven because it's so big it was kind of hard to like put it like figure out where to put it basically you yeah. know what i mean because like the, the, the my top three they're so concise and tight like stories in on themselves like they literally like could be movies basically um yeah so now we're going to go number three, Ghost Rider. Number two, Agents of Hydra. And number one, Lost in Space. Lost in Space is so good. So good. Uh, so good. Um, yeah, so that is our arcs ranked for that. Um, so if you do not mind spoilers, Feel free to listen on. We're probably going to talk, you know, maybe like 15, 20 more minutes, if that, like just going full spoiler, just kind of bringing up whatever we want to bring up. Um, and then after that, we're going to be talking about where we want to see from these characters again. That'll also be spoilers because we're going to have to talk about, you know, where the characters end up. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled, if there's anybody watching who hasn't finished the show um, or doesn't want to be spoiled about the show because they think they might watch it, sign off here. Um, we'll, you know, we'll say uh, the tagline for this show, which, you know, for those who watch the other shows know, I always say a, a quote for a tagline. I decided to go with this show is going to be uh, stay safe and always remember the night is darkest just before the dawn. So we'll see you guys. If you don't want to be spoiled for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll see you in the next show where we're going to be breaking down everything coming out of DC Fandom. Um, but without further ado, we're going to go ahead and full spoilers for the rest of the uh, um, episode here. Uh, we're just going to launch right into a full spoiler talk of the series as a whole. Um, so let's just start, I think, um, at the end. So let's just start with Season 7. Um what uh what did you think about season seven what are some of your favorite moments from season seven it needed more fits and the time loop episode was phenomenal 
I, I love Groundhog Day episodes, but that one in particular, oh, so good, so good. the the way The way that it ends with with um with Enoch slowly dying out on the floor after just like uh, en- Enoch will need that. I forget what it is exactly, but the, the the basically his heart. Enoch, we need your heart to fix the time drive. He's like, okay, and he just already pulled it out of his chest. He's just like, oh yeah, my friends need this, but it'll kill me. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I'll do it. Just, that's yeah. why Enoch's so high on my list. Now I can actually say it. Like that moment, really. Oh mm-hmm. God, Enoch became so human in that moment. Exactly. I think that's. I think that's. Um. And and for me, what I'll say is like. Um. I just. I think that. Uh. A a big thing of it, is. The separation of Enoch from a character like Data in Star Trek: Next Generation. I think the difference between those characters is like data at times was just so I feel so drawn out and so over the top with the, like the, it's like the vision meme. Like maybe I am uh, like what I like fill in the blank. Like, um, but Enoch was like, he just always felt like a real person just the whole time. And you never really thought that there was this quest but like uh, that he was searching to like become human or something. But then all right in his final moments, it all kind of starts happening for him. I think and, and a big part of that is is in season seven, you know, he gets stuck and he has to basically be he's like a bartender for like 50 years. That's um, my favorite recurring joke of the season. Yeah. And and like all of that um, kind of goes into his final moments that like, I think without that being a bartender for 50 years, he wouldn't have even have like cared that he, that he was dying. But because he's talked to all these people and heard all these worries, there's even a great joke when you first see him being a bartender where this guy's like, tell him his sob story. And he just could not give two shits. Like he couldn't like, he was like listening to him, but he was just like, go on. Like, um, but it all just builds up to his death, which I think is just phenomenal. Um, and it doesn't beat you over the head with it or anything. It, it's just so, so good, I think, through and through um, with Enoch's death. I do have to say that Enoch's death, while I love it and I think it's amazing uh, the way that it's handled, it's also really pisses me off because with at least for my, maybe maybe I understand the Chronicom's wrong, but couldn't they just make a new body for him in the Chronicom machine they have to make new Colsons or whatever because they should presumably have Enoch's data that's I how think they work. I think the issue is is that they can make um a copy of him, but like it wouldn't be um like Colson, they had uh like his like full brain. You know what I mean? Like the same like the way that they the way that they could make him the way that Deke could make him the AI, like the Max Hedrum in the computer and stuff, I don't think they had all of that for Enoch. Like, yes, I think definitely they could make him a new body. Um, but I think the issue is, is that also probably that thing like contains something important and like it probably like fried it out of there. I'm just trying to make an excuse to make sense for the show. Yeah. But um, but that was that, that was something that I thought of, too, where I was just like, well, can't you just like rebuild him? But part of me was like, I get he's gone. Um, but also, I'm fine with how it ended i'm happy with yeah, how he went out but also but like, just like i could make an excuse for the show in my brain to be like that thing contained like an essential part of him and it like burned out or something you know what i mean like they, yeah. he just like wasn't recoverable like the non-recoverable disc for a computer um 
I, I would say the other thing I want to talk about for season seven is uh, the the sinking ship, which is I I did not see Daisy and uh, Sousa coming. I was like I was kind of taken aback because I thought that they were building a very nice like um, what do you want to call it? like a familial bond, like a father and son almost or like older brother, like younger sister type thing. And then all of a sudden that she's like kissed him and I was like, whoa, what about Deke? And then and then the whole, exactly. the whole Daisy and Deke thing just kind of falls to the wayside until finally he says one Deke says one thing about it right before he, you know, says that he's he's going to be the one staying behind at the, in the finale. Um, like he says one thing where he's like, you know, and besides, it seems like you're you make Daisy like I think he's, he doesn't say like happier than I ever could. But he's just like r- really happy, like you two need to be together type thing. Like he like willingly gives up his pursuit you know, at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else um, like spoilery that you want to talk about from the rest of the show or anything else that you want to bring up um, mainly like to talk about for it? I mean, aside from the end, not not really anything I want to specifically bring up. I mean, I feel like we should maybe touch on a thing from each season to kind of give like a whole view of it to anyone who's just watching this to know mm-hmm. about it. Um but yeah, no, nothing, nothing specific. Just, mm-hmm. I think we should do that. But yeah, I think just, I mean, in season one, definitely, you know, I think um, for those who don't know, like you have uh, towards the middle of the season, the whole collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and then you have the whole, uh, what was it called? Like the uprising arc where it was yeah, kind I think it's of, called uprising. yeah, where it was the, it was, that was like what the pod was called. It was, it was Coulson and his team basically trying to get as much of S.H.I.E.L.D. back together as possible. Um, and then that's when that's when you first see the the underground bunker. Is that correct? Or is that not until season two? Like the brick one? I don't remember. Oh, OK, when that one, it might be season um, two that it comes. Yeah, I think you don't see it until season two. That's probably what it right, is. Because I'm pretty sure there's like the fake shield or real shield or whatever arc where they get it from them because they were on the Zephyrin before that think oh yeah Something like you're that. right yeah 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 you're right and then also characters we haven't talked about at all um uh, bobby and hunter good good characters oh good I'm, characters. I, I think i said billy earlier but i meant bobby yeah they uh they their spinoff should not have been canceled agree agree um if they're doing a agents of sort of a sword show put them in that that'd be awesome um but yeah, uh, so then season one, you know, wraps up with uh, then you find out that Ward is Hydra or at least he's he's a relatively new addition to Hydra, but he's working for John Garrett. He has been turned to the Hydra cause by John Garrett, who's played by Bill Paxton. Um, and then <clears throat> the season winds up with uh, Nick Fury comes in and um, Phil uses the same gun that he shot Loki with to uh, blow a uh, big hole in, well, in John Garrett's. <laughs> Just say I love season seven, Garrett. When he's like, "You blew yeah. me up, Phil. You shot yeah. me, Phil." It's really good, and it's played by Bill Paxton's son, which is like, oh, is it really? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, honestly, for me, I, I mean, for me, I think if if you want to watch the show, I would I would suggest watching the show. I don't think we have to go through every season. I just think oh, okay. I think um. I think what we should move on to is just we should, let's just move on to the how and where do we want to see these characters again? Just because I feel like that's really the most important thing is where where do we go from here with this show? 
I think we should talk about the very final minutes of the, the last episode along with this. To give yeah, no, yeah, that's what, what I mean. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. yeah. So in this, uh, so I'm going to go through and uh, kind of we'll talk about, you know, where each person goes. So basically season seven wraps up. They win, uh, you know, as we talked about, Deke has to stay behind in a different timeline. Um, so Deke isn't part of the uh, basically they do like a one year later jump forward um, and they do like a reunion thing. Um, so let me just get your thoughts on this really quick. Do you think that that one year later is in 2024? It's got to be. No. No. But the snap, they would have been inside the blip. Yeah, I think the, I think it ends during the blip. Okay, and they just don't make mention of it just because they yeah. don't really have to. Okay, yeah, because well, because yeah. the, the series kind of goes through without ever making any big jump. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen so many people that are like, well, it can't be part of the MCU because it every half of everybody would have been gone, and it's like, okay, but if it's twenty twenty one and it's been three years since the blip, like an office building is still going to be full. It just means that there's going to be another office building that's completely empty. It doesn't mean that like half of everything even late, like it's like the diner with that the Hulk is in that they go meet the Hulk in like that diner's full. There's just less people around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's not like uh, like I've seen so many things. I just it just bugged me because I've seen so many things online that are like they're like, well, that school that May was at looked pretty full to me. And it's like there's still people. Like, there's just not as many people like I just I just hate that that people were like, that's concrete evidence that this is like somehow is on a different timeline. And it's like the whole point of the finale was that they came back to the MCU timeline. That was the entire purpose of the show that's was to come back. To, that was literally the entire reason was to come back to the MCU timeline. Um, but anyways. Um, cause then the alternative was people were like, well, maybe it takes place in 2024. So it's after the, after Hulk snap or whatever. Um, but I, I agree with you. No, I, I think, I think, I think it takes just place the, 2020 if I had to guess a year. Yeah. I think like it just it takes, takes place, place during it. Um, and like we said, that's, that's like two, two or three years after Thanos snap. So it's like the world has adjusted to it. You know what I mean? Like, um, but what's it called? Uh, Okay. So basically you get the one year later moment and everybody's kind of around a table. They're all there. You know, you find out it's all virtually. So basically we'll go through where everybody ends up. So Mac, uh, basically but you should also mention they're in the diner that Enoch was in. I like that. Oh touch. yeah. Yeah. They're in the, the, well, it's the swordfish diner, huh? Sword. Oh, I didn't even catch oh. that. Agents of sword. I'm telling you, man, Disney plus 2022. Let's get after it. All right. Um, so, Let's start. We got Mac, who is um, basically Nick Furying it up with a big long jacket on a helicarrier. Uh, that's where he basically goes off to. Uh, Yo-Yo has uh, kind of a, a small uh, kind of like extraction or like reconnaissance team of her own that like she's all good with her power, like all together now, like she's got confidence and stuff. Um, and so she's kind of doing her own thing with her own little team, kind of working with Mac, but not like physically with him anymore um because the whole thing is that obviously like any finale they're all split up now um and then you have may who is now running a shield uh the, the new shield academy which is now called the uh, colson academy right that was what it's called yeah. um i think it was academy i couldn't remember the second word um and then you also have um 
Fitz and Simmons, they're retired. They have their kid. That's they're probably not coming back for anything. Um, and then the two others who are, um, you know, coming to the reunion thing is Daisy, who is basically off in space with uh, Sousa and now her sister. Uh, and then also then we get Colson, who's just kind of doing <laughs> Then we get Colson, who's just kind of doing his own thing, um, who is going to be, uh, who then gets in, you know, the new Lola. He takes an item from Mac. Mac gets him some secret thing and also gives him the new Lola. Uh, and then he takes off and the show ends. So out of what those. What happened to the old Lola? I think she got blown up, right? Excuse me? That's fair. I think so. Yeah. I can remember. I can't remember really, but I think it's. I think she got destroyed. Um, so out of those, out of those five, uh, you know, kind of separate ways, where what do you want to see um, from that? Do you want to see well, uh, which character? Colson and, and um, Daisy are the only two I I think will come back. Okay, so we don't even have to talk about the other ones because those are the only two for me as well. Um, sorry. Um, can you give me one second? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll just vamp about it, the about it talking real quick. Yeah. So for me, I just think that the only um, I think the only characters that uh should come back would be Daisy and uh, Coulson because I think that um, for me, I think my pitch for Coulson, I think you just kind of roll him back into the. MCU, whether that's in the movies or through the Disney Plus series is, or series, um, whatever they want to do with him, I think you just kind of put him back into the exact same capacity that he was before, um, where he is kind of the uh, unofficial official recruiter for the Avengers. So you have a show like Miss Marvel um, or She-Hulk or something. I think that you put Coulson in something like that. Uh, as somebody who can kind of show them the ropes, uh, kind of get them involved and and do the kind of you're part of a larger world speech that Nick Fury did. Um, and then for Daisy, I think definitely I think that Daisy deserves and has grown to be a big enough character that I think that she could have a show on her own, um, whether it's on Disney Plus or ABC I think it would be something that would be more towards Disney Plus, just because I feel like Disney Plus is where they are putting the future of the Marvel shows. Um, I think they're going to try and move away from network stuff so that they can try to have, um, you know, uh, bigger budgets and also um, more uh, screen time to be able to build onto stuff. Um, but I think the bigger budget on Disney Plus is definitely more so. Um, Welcome back. I just uh, I was just saying my two things for uh, Coulson and Daisy would be I think for Daisy, I think I think she definitely has a future as her own. I think Disney Plus show Disney. I was saying Disney Plus or ABC, but I, I think it would be more Disney Plus just because um, that's where I think they're moving everything. You know what I mean? I think they're trying to get away from doing it on the network um, and stuff because they want people to be engaged with Disney Plus. Um, and also it would be a good mark for the character to be able to make the transition from, um, ABC, like a show on ABC to a Disney plus show. I think that would be a really big, uh, vote of confidence for Daisy. 
Um, and then for Colson, what I was saying was, um, I, I genuinely think you just, you just roll him back right into the role that he had before. I think you bring him on shows like She-Hulk or Miss Marvel or Moon Knight, and you have him be the kind of, uh, you know, recruiter guy who gives the, you're part of a larger world. You just don't know it yet. Kind of speech. Um, I think, I think that's the perfect thing that you do with him because, because he's not going to get another show of his own. Like, and, and I just mean he could, it could be the Disney plus shows, or you could even throw him right back in the movies to do, put him, have him fill the kind of a role like a Randall Park in Ant-Man and the Wasp or Maria Hill and Nick Fury in, uh, far from home, that kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like whenever they need like a government guy, just bring him back in. And I mean, it, it's easy to explain just say the MCU is so weird now. You could just say like, if somebody's like, "Didn't that guy die in the first Avengers?" You just be like, "Well, he's back now." They're like, oh, he's, all right. he's been doing seven seasons of a TV show. Okay. Yeah, you just be like, "All right," like, like, because I mean, they watched half of everybody die and come back anyway, so I think they're used to it by now. Um, so that would be that would be the only people that I would want to see back would be that. I think the other people, I think they belong in this show. They they kind of end with this show, but I think. Daisy just does she deserves to have kind of her own thing or more of a thing. You know what I mean? And then I think yeah. Phil, I think Phil just always deserves to be in it. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's just a mainstay of the MCU. I genuinely think. Um, I mean, there's you look at uh, you look at like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. completely aside. They brought him back for Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they brought like the just for that plain, simple fact shows that like he's not done like they're not just going to be like well he's done because agents of shield is done it's like totally regardless of anything happening in agents of shield they brought him back for a substantial role in captain marvel in the prequel like just that fact alone really i think shows that he's not a character that's just going to end with this show um but what what do you think about uh how would you want to see colson uh and or daisy continue um I really don't know because I with, with how Colson ends where he's like, I took this year to decide if I want to basically kill myself or not, and then I feel like the where he's at, he's just like, oh, I don't really know yet. I still really, I have just a few places I want to see, which I guess. So he could, I don't know. I like in my, the first thing that popped in my head is like whenever Namor gets introduced, like maybe he wants to go see Atlantis. Like he can, he can go see places like that because he doesn't need to breathe. He can just go chill underwater or whatever and go. Go see Namor or something. Um, yeah, I think it'd be really weird to have him intro- uh, introduced again with Namor. Um, but I don't know. I really don't know where I would want to see him. But with Daisy, definitely like a, a show. Or I, I really want to see her in the Avengers. I want to see her in one of the movies. Like really bad. Also, I, I know we didn't really say that we could see him again, but I feel like besides those two, those two, if we were if we were to see anyone again, it would be Mac, maybe. Only if they bring S.H.I.E.L.D. back. Because it would be like, yeah, how are you going to bring S.H.I.E.L.D. back and not talk about the director unless we're just going to ignore mm-hmm. the fact that he's the director? I the, Okay, this is what I think. I think because in that final moment, in that final round table thing, they never call him director. Because you got to remember, in this, in Far From Home, Nick Fury is still the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the current timeline. And I think when they hopped back over, I think Matt got a demotion. Because he realized... Cause, Fury, they're full on referring to themselves as Shield. The the car they drive has the Shield logo on it in Far From Home. Like like at least the two of them are very much 
like Nick Fury and Maria Hill are very much under the impression that shield is still a thing. Um, so that would be my guess is that probably Mac is not the director anymore, but he is running some portion of it. Maybe so, or maybe he's running it, uh, because Nick's gone. Think about that. Nick's Nick's in space right now. That was the last time we saw him. Um, so maybe he's running it in Fury's absence. That actually makes more sense. That would make more sense. And then maybe when Fury comes back, maybe then you get that's where you get Mac in a movie is is wherever Fury comes back to Earth. We'll we'll finally get get that that Nick Fury movie that we were promised 10 years ago or whatever. And it will be Mac and Nick as a buddy cop movie. It'd be called Mac and me. (laughs) Um, Oh, I want that. I want that now. uh, But yeah, no, I think that's a I think absolutely. I think um, I think wherever if we ever see Mac again, I think it's got to be something where it's him and Fury doing something together. Because, I mean, they're pretty much, like we said, I, I, he's they never called him director. I don't think that, I think the impression is that he's not the director anymore because S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. is a bigger thing. But he might be he might be acting like leader or something while Fury is off world. Because remember, he was, he was having uh, Talos fill in for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm sure he'd be happy to have uh, an actual, like, somebody capable of running the job do it instead. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, with that, did you have anything else, uh, any other things you want to see from this or any other things you want to mention from the show before we wrap it up? Do, do we think that the Daisy and Susa and Cora in space thing is finally sword or is it just another sword tease? That's not actually sword. <laughs> I feel like I broke you with that. I think just cause it, I think it's. I think that this one, I think Sword is definitely coming. Sword is absolutely coming because we've seen it in WandaVision set pictures. There's cars. Oh, have with, we? Yeah, there's cars. There's SUVs with the Sword logo on it in WandaVision. Um, so it's definitely coming. I think that this was just another illusion tease towards it. Um, I think they very much could be. I think it. I think they could be part of it. I don't think we're ever going to get confirmation of that. Um and I and I do think that if we get a Daisy show, I think it's going to be something of like, oh, where's Daniel? Oh, he's still off with sword. You know, I don't think it's going to be like a Cora, Daisy and Sousa show. I think it's just it would just be like Daisy back on Earth on Earth. And like maybe Sousa pops up once in a while type thing. You know what I mean? I think that's what it would be. Um, uh, yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just hard to tell right now. Everything's so early. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. I think that'll do it for the uh, first inaugural episode of Planet Hero um, on the channel and on the podcast feed. Yeah. Um, so much for being short. Yeah, well, yeah, true. Yeah, this ended up being longer than Planet Film, but we had a crap ton to talk about, and we had a whole entire show to break down. So I could do a whole other hour and a half, to be honest, talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, honestly, yeah, exactly. You got to cap it off at some point, because there's so much that we could just dive even deeper into um and who knows maybe we will one day maybe we'll do like some deep dive on it or something if there's a slow week and we don't have anything else to talk about um but like we said next week is definitely not going to be a slow week um it's definitely dc fandom yeah it's going to be a humongous dc fandom um recap we might even i don't know if he's if he's available or what um but if it's if it's super big stuff we might even have our first uh trio co-host on here might bring tj on here if if there's a ton of stuff to talk about that you know he wants in on the conversation as well 
Um, and we will definitely be um, talking about some of the big DC fandom stuff on Planet Film this Tuesday, because um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of trailers coming out. Um, but here, here is where we're going to be getting into the nitty gritty of everything. We're going to be talking uh, the Suicide Squad colon Kill the Justice League game, the new Batman game, um, anything that we get for the TV shows or any of the smaller news stuff. We are going to be going in on every angle that DC fandom has to offer us. Um, so yeah, with that, I think, you know, it's been a great first episode of, uh, Planet Hero. Again, I just want to say, you know, my name is Sean Monk. I am Don Beasley. This has been Planet Hero, and always remember, stay safe, and remember, the night is darkest just before the dawn. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>